0: Hello, and welcome back to the SS Radio. I'm Shelby.
1: I'm Shannon. Welcome back.
0: So, we uploaded the first episode uh, yesterday, right, as of recording this? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or uploaded it the day before. No, like two days ago. We just posted it. Posted it it yesterday. Yeah. How does it feel? How does it feel to have a podcast posted on the internet now? It's
1: weird. do not know what to expect, so hope whoever's
0: listening is enjoying that. Uh, so I thought we've got like a couple pretty wide-ranging stuff to talk about throughout this episode, mm-hmm. ultimately, but I wanted to start the episode off uh, just talking about uh, kind of a story, just kind of something that happened, so something that we're doing a little wholesome posting right now, actually, <laughs> uh, so something that we like to do that's wholesome is uh we like to make meals together uh almost every day pretty much every day um and have proper meals together sitting down and uh and sharing our days together and having conversations and uh it it goes really well almost Mm -hmm. all the time Um, we agreed
1: on that i think right before mm -hmm. you moved in we decided that we wanted to have traditional meals every single mm-hmm. night. Um, we wanted that that little bit of romantic routine mm-hmm. um, because it, it felt more like a good family tradition to mm-hmm. start now and we have done it every every single every single
0: night. This
2: is an installation art.
1: This coffee table? Yes, we don't put drinks on it. Oh, look at this. This is nonsense.
0: The thing I don't know about this artsy-fartsy
1: crap. This coffee table isn't the ego. It represents our shattered sense of community.
2: How did you know that, Terry? I took some classes at RISD so I could make fun of these lame artsy
3: douches in my neighborhood. Terry, your voice. Terry, don't touch oh, oh my oh, God! My God! I don't need this shit. I don't need you! Oh, boy. Over the top. How outré. Really? I'll burn this bitch down! to the ground. Oh, fresh, energetic. Ooh, I love his rawness. Stop that critiquing me, okay? I'm a human being, I'm not a piece of art. Yes, Bravo! You if you're from
1: Chicago or have visited there, um, you know that there's plenty of museums, there's art exhibits, there's zoos, there are aquariums. Um, so Shelby and I went to our first museum together uh, since he moved here, which we decided to go to the MCA, the Museum of Contemporary Art. Um, and we, definitely had quite the experience. experience um well
0: specifically we were going to see the Murakami Mir- exhibit because uh, we're both fans of his art um you probably know it more like the average person would recognize it from kanye west albums um uh, that's like the bears the bear little ilu- illustration mm-hmm. of the bears and also he's got the illustration of the flowers and you've probably seen his stuff around but uh, we both have liked it to at different points in the we're past. We're both
1: Weeboos, though, so... Yeah.
0: It's, you know. Um, so we definitely wanted to see that. It was, like, the last week it was here in Chicago. So we went to check it out, but while we were there, we decided to check out some of the other exhibits. hmm And, um... Yeah. That
1: was interesting. So I have not been to the MCA, I think, since I was in college. And I went to mm-hmm. art school, so I saw all of... You know, I was surrounded men. by a lot of, uh, you know... Uh,
0: yeah, I, I I went to the the San Diego MCA like it's probably quite a few years ago and, and back then I was probably a little bit more uh, I guess naive when it comes to art. I want to say we call
1: it Shane tier.
0: Yeah, we we have this running character between us that's like uh, when when I put on a like blonde wig and like arts art school clothes, I become Shane. Shane is like our fictional child that is like this so deep, so Just deep, man. Like, like whoa,
1: man. I mean.
0: It, like, do you, do you really believe in anything? I mean, let's just kind of have fun. And let's and just, like this very art school type of... Just uh, like close your
1: eyes and think about it. You know, the guy yeah? who plays
0: the acoustic guitar and like doesn't like just like feel, feels good, man, uh, type of guy. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. I, I mean, at one point when I was younger, I once attended a church of people who worship the sun. Um, and like very hippie. Modern new age type of people. Like, that's the Shane mm-hmm. type of character. And Shane would look at stuff in the MCA and probably, you know, be like, this, this well, wow, the social commentary to this thing is, you know, very, very much there. And, and like, uh, look at something and immediately project all of this, like, deep, these deep, complex ideas onto it. And then, like, and how
1: brilliant it all is. And right. Just, wow. It really Which, makes you think.
0: Yeah. Would you. Okay, now let's. <laughs> Let me say, like, you can project onto any art, and to some extent that is kind of part of what it is to experience art, is, like, not not even entirely projecting, but interpreting, right? Like, you see certain things that evoke certain emotions from you, regardless of what the intention was of of the um, artist to begin with, or, or the, of the art, or whatever. So that, that does happen, and that's true, and that's legitimate. What I don't think is... Um, I guess I'm kind of diving right into it. I don't like modern art. I don't like contemporary art. Um, I don't like modernism or, or postmodernism. I, I like traditional art. And my issue with contemporary art is that I think primarily it's kind of void of meaning. And a lot of it involves... Um, att- it's very contrived. It attempts to be provocative. It attempts to be something that has meaning rather than actually... Um, you you doing things that that have meaning if, if that makes mm-hmm. sense if you want to illustrate and uh, if you want to illustrate something like attempt to directly illustrate that thing um, or maybe you take that thing like you're illustrating a uh, a political figure and and you're like a monarch or something and you're doing something radical to that then that illustration or, or you're juxtaposing it with something to contrast to express an idea sort of things like that nature. I feel like make more sense as opposed to a lot of the art that we saw. I mean, some of it. There's no getting around one of them. There was like an inflatable building, like a jump, like so a. So there was place. like
1: a giant, um, kind of like a government housing, you know, building, right. like a, just a big condo, mm-hmm. um, and and it had this kind of ramp around it, and the inflatable building would blow up, and then it would just slowly deflate, deflate. and there's. Um, there's, you know, every exhibit has its little plaque, plaque describing, mm. and, and which it had a. you
0: need in in the that's the, that's the other issue. You legitimately need that for every you piece. You need it, or you don't know what it means. Besides projecting your own like feelings onto it, and in this case, like this is literally like an inflatable building, like an inflatable that rectangle
1: kind, that somebody painted.
0: It's it's not very complex. There's nothing going on really beyond that what we're describing here, and you know you would just. Like, what projects, oh, wow, this is, like, a building being torn down. I don't know. Like, you know, but you have to read the plaque to, oh, this is what they're trying to, I get it. I see what they're and
1: trying to And then it was just a series of dates of buildings being, like, torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then randomly had like the September pub- 11th.
0: Yeah, well, like, I had, had a world lot of pub- trade all, all, like, falling. Um, public housing. Uh, units being, like, torn down and such. And then at the end, it was like, oh, and then 9-11 happened, and it was, like, <laughs> loosely connected to the guy who originally built this one building. So there you go. And, and I, I don't know, but it's, like, very much hey, you remember 9-11, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, I do. I, let's my condolences, like, immediately just to evoke that emotion. And then it was like, um, oh,
1: but, but all these government buildings also mm-hmm. have been torn down.
0: And, um, I mean, that's like, not even the okay. most, like, egregious piece of like art that i think like so it, it, there's a lot of people and i think it's kind of a normal thing to be able to look at modern art and be like uh uh-huh, ha haha like we all we all can kind of laugh at a little modern art and like art school kids and stuff and but then there's always an extent to which people like stop doing that and will like accept it all as art now there's one thing that was like you know those lightsabers you played with as a kid you know that we, we actually out. own to this we, we day own. and have um, played with yeah as adults as adults yeah so yeah you know those lightsabers we played with like the other day yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so one of the exhibits was like like several of those glued together poorly um like and i say poorly in that like there was two sides of them one of which was like <laughs> actually straight and the other one was, was like, like apart. and um, and, uh, and then there was, like, Darth Vader helmet, like, molds of Darth Vader helmets with G.I. Joes glued in there, and it was, like...
1: And then there was a giant, um, like, paper mache hand grasping the lightsabers with yeah. a bunch
0: of... Was it comics? Or, no, it was, oh, like, no, Muslim... It, like, like, yeah, it was, like, the Quran or something. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it was It was very, like...
1: And so you're just kind of looking at it, and, and not in a, wow, that's really thought-provoking, we were just, like what the
0: fuck <laughs> yeah it's and that's the thing is like it's in let me say this now anybody who's listening like i i'm not gonna be surprised if any of you disagree but i'd really like you to voice like your disagreement especially on this topic like talking about star trek whatever we all have different you know little opinions but like this like fundamentally if you have an argument as to why like my point of view our point of view is wrong about contemporary art i would love to hear it and like we will we will discuss it on the next episode Same. um so SS Radio podcast at gmail.com uh, is is our Gmail. Mm-hmm. So like send us a message and we'll definitely talk about it. But
1: yeah, we're not a we're not opposed to hearing other views and we're not you know we're not completely right about everything. This is just our yeah, opinion, this is, this our is, own interpretation this is where of we're things. From with um, we have a little bit of a different sense of humor too going mm-hmm. into it. You know, I went to art school. I you can only take so much of just. Kind of being surrounded by bullshit mm-hmm. before you finally are just
0: well and, over it. And and the thing that I kind of come down to with art is like okay, especially with something like abstract art, which I don't I don't actually think all abstract art is um it is. Invalid. I do think a lot of it is, uh, but I don't think all of it is. And I think that what that sort of comes down to, and often with many art, is like, okay, what you need as a me- you need some type of metric. You have to have some type of metric that you're going to be judging art by, by judging anything by. You have to have standards of some kind. You have to have something that you're referring to in which to compare it um, or to base your judgment on rather than like, well, this just makes me feel a certain thing. And you might disagree about that. But this is my perspective, and I say, if you have some sort of methodology in which you're doing that, if you have some sort of way in which you conduct the creation of that art, a particular style that you're executing that separates it from just putting things together mm-hmm. and then like saying, oh, this looks interesting, um, or contriving it in, in the case of the sculpting lightsaber thing. Or a vagina
1: and being like, this is, this is a social commentary mm-hmm. on communism.
0: Right, okay. and there's a lot of things like that that will go like that for like the whole like phallic thing in art school is is really overplayed and um, and, and like don't get me wrong like traditionally cultures when they're first coming in into like becoming a society and a culture yeah there's lots of uh, imagery of, of like penises and vaginas and whatever and in sex and things like that but that's also because that is one of the most base consistent uh, human things and those also are biological imperative so like yeah of course they're going to do that however like we are past that point in culture our cultures are very complex in the west we have we have a lot going on uh there's a lot of different ways that you can create art and to like take it back to that repeatedly i mean i don't think it's any different than we you go to film school just like art school and you go like oh well like how can you tell the difference between like sophomore type of writing versus like a more developed writer i think oftentimes a sophomore writer will like have a lot of references to like kind of edgy stuff to make themselves seem more uh, like interesting essentially or more real i'm really inspired
1: like by wes anderson <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like and that's the thing like i don't think it's really all that far different than like injecting a lot of like curse words into your thing into your script and, and being like this kind of like trying to be realistic edgy sort of thing no different than like being like I'm gonna put a bunch of phallic objects in this in this art um let's talk another so
1: <laughs> one of my yeah. probably my favorite mm-hmm. piece that we saw and it was I, I, this screen was,
0: yes that's exactly where it was I, gonna I go I knew you
1: were gonna so this is my favorite we we enter this room and there's a projector <laughs> screen and it is a man kissing a fish he's holding this fish and he looks like he's in the amazon or something he's like floating on this river picks up this fish like a baby and is just like petting it and this and this fish is like gasping for air or or you know lack of air And, and he's just kissing it and caressing it
0: and at one and point, the, he's like slowly like sticking his fingers under the gills. Into the
1: gills. And there's
0: these sound effects added. I mean, I don't oh know if my there's sound God. effects or no, just like it, really, amped just really amped up. it's just
1: really amped up. Um, like weird effects. And then it's a couple different guys doing this same thing, just like holding mm-hmm. this fish. And me and him walk. Me and Shelby walk into this room, and there's like a bunch of people just sitting on this bench watching, watching this. Watching it like wow, watching powerful. Watching it like wow, this is so powerful. And me and Shelby, I'm trying so hard not to like just bust out laughing, because mm-hmm. you know I'm sure you could. Tie this into some commentary of oh like the human human in nature, or
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't I don't know like, at this point, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me
0: yeah like it's, really it's pretty funny, um
1: that's hysterical
0: but it it gets much better than that as far as the like are you kidding me uh art i mean what was there's there's a couple more pieces <laughs> that are are like even further to to the extent of like just like really too deep for you. Yeah. So
1: my favorite. Yes, go ahead. My favorite is a pure white canvas, a blank canvas. That was my favorite. That my was favorite actually piece. an
0: exhibit. At just this a, a blank
1: white canvas, and and it had a little bit of texture on it, just a couple grainy pieces of texture. Mm-hmm. And that was, we. I didn't even think we. I don't even think we looked into like who the artist. I mean at was, that point it was
0: just like you I mean, hit, you're hitting points you're hitting levels of of like uh unironic like 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 irony that that aren't shouldn't even be possible like that that was actually an exhibit like that's kind of like the joke though isn't it is yeah. is that's like kind of a the joke about modern... like that it's just it a be a like well, canvas, it's it's deep.
1: too it's too deep for you white is nothingness and what do you see when you reflect on yourself when you mm-hmm. look into nothing mm-hmm. like bro listen <laughs> if you're paying $20,000 a year mm-hmm. to go to art school and this is the shit you're coming up with you know what is especially when you when you frequent um, history like, museums and art museums with just these stunning pieces pieces that you know
0: historical pieces people that pieces that represent different eras different actual historical events uh, uh, different struggles mythology
1: um, religion um, relationships between different people dynamics different
0: massive dist- shifts in culture like these are the sorts of things that I think are I mean art is meant I think that art is meant to represent a culture and speaks about a culture, mm-hmm. and um, and that's something that like only somebody as a who's a part of that culture can truly do, in my opinion. And that's that's one of the things that's fascinating about it. Um, but instead, here it's like there there was even one exhibit that had pieces that were like intended to look as if they were recovered artifacts from like you know two thousand years ago or something, right? Like that's what they were supposed to look like, but they were clearly made. You know, in the past but couple of years. They were just made
1: with trash. Yeah. It was just a bunch of trash like, glued together to look like artifacts with these tags
0: these wrappers. M- making uh, it seem like
1: these are artifacts and mm-hmm. and and I'm just standing there like, you know, are you kidding me? What <sighs> this is what
2: mm-hmm.
1: this is what, you know, two thousand years from now when they're looking back on this era for a generation makes us all look completely brain dead.
0: Mhm. Now, okay, there were a couple of pieces that we liked. One that this is you—you liked this like more, like more than I did. I like it, but like it caught your eye first, and you talked about it. Um, there's this this picture of a it's so full. A full painting within that. There's a, like a cube, a box, a man inside sitting in a chair, uh, like like squeezing his fists. Um, he's wearing a suit and he's like screaming, yelling, and like he's like fading away, and it's like becomes very like. Uh, rough and, and like, um, obscured as, like, a part of his face where he's yelling, right? Now, when we look at the information, first of all, you'll recognize the artist, Francis Bacon, very well-known artist, um, right off the bat, like, and this is a piece um, from 1949, like, this is a historical piece, so right, uh, right, right from there, like, I'm already like i i feel that i'm just more inclined you're gonna tell me you've got a piece from francis bacon in 1949 as opposed to uh something that like came out of art school a year ago Uh, right off the bat i'm gonna say like oh this thing's probably more interesting but let's read what it says so it says it's gestural brushstroke with its
1: gestural brushstroke francis bacon's post-war painting depicts a a figure enclosed in a transparent box howling with rage despair or fear there is little detail to contextualize the raw anguish of this man his visceral suffering can be seen as representing the human condition so already there that is i guess their meaning can easily be seen that the emotion right. the the feeling the what it really does represent which could change from person to person but that that anger was, that 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 rage that just confusion Mm -hmm. um to me when i looked at that painting it looked it looked like a man on the electric chair to be honest Mm um and i know it's not but you know my first instinct was just pain suffering um torture Mm -hmm. but i'm look i can look at this painting and easily kind of feel something to it not just squinting at it just like are you really this took like five minutes to make this is this is a real to me work of art
0: and not just that but you know it it depicts what this person is going to depict a specific emotion uh and it's very clearly there it's relatable it you can see you can look at this picture and then read what it's supposed to depict and go oh yeah i mean that's that's what I see, this is a man in anguish, this is a, a man in rage, despair, all of that you see that, and then to go so far to be like, oh well, this depicts the human condition it's like, well okay, you know, I can get that I can get where that's where you're going, and that's something with contemporary art, is like you want to depict abstract and constant well, and they don't even see, ideas. it
1: can. they don't even say that's what he meant, they just said it can be seen as representing mm-hmm. this they don't just say, well
0: but the but I don't think it. it's like a it, that's the thing. This piece doesn't feel like it's a big leap to go. Oh, well, this represents the human condition. It's like, well, okay, yeah, you know, I can get that. As opposed to there was another piece that we we saw that you posted on your Instagram, uh, which was like a stack of paper, like for like a printing machine, you know, a computer, and um, printing paper. And then the top piece is crumbled, but printed on it, it says
1: against angst. And,
0: and that's I it. I
1: posted this on my Instagram yeah. ironically, and I don't think anyone. Necessarily, yes, it was ironic. yeah. Um, like that's
0: that's a piece where it's <laughs> I, like
1: I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me?
0: Like, the, You know, come on. It's 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 I'm very against try angst. hard. Um,
1: Girl, you just you just glued a bunch of printing paper together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just <laughs> and, and crumpled. Up. Like it's it's all very like contrived, very like obvious. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, I get where you're going for. It's it's not all that like. And it's certainly not evoking images other than, like, I've crumped up, crumpled up papers while I was angsty also, like, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then there's another piece that that you really liked. And at first I was like, okay. And then I kind of looked at it more and I was like, you know what? Okay, yeah, I do like this more. And
1: this is a painting by Leon Golub. Um, this was painted in 1959. Um, and it is, this large-scale painting of a young man wounded in battle is based on ancient... Greco-Roman sculptures. Leon Golub often modeled his figures on cla- classical depictions of warriors. In this work, the the youthful body merges with the landscape. The artist's aggressive painting technique renders both body and ground scarred and scraped. Yet the figure is, po- the figure's posture conveys resilience. So, so this painting. He looks all sorts of wounded, charred. Um, it's kind of graphic but at the same time his face calm, um, the colors are are a little bit more like neutral, um, kind of muted, and basically the technique they use just scraping this kind of what looks to be a soft painting and just the, the textures it, it just looks very aggressive and painful and it looks like a wound um, yeah. The what they're expressing in this painting um, I think could could affect people in so many different ways, it could look like burns, it could look like scars, it, it could be it could represent to somebody inner emotional turmoil um, I think that there, there's a lot you can read into and there's a lot that you can feel, art is supposed to evoke feeling, meaning mm-hmm. um, it's but supposed
0: to it's, all. It's again, one of those pieces that, like, on the face of it, you can see, yeah, like, this looks very Greco-Roman. It looks very much like a, a battle-damaged person. Um, and this this idea of, like, well, it's a, it's a figure blending with his landscape, it's like, that's all represented there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, so I'll, I'll grant, like, we didn't look into these pieces beyond what we saw at the museum and what these plaques said. So maybe what they're putting here is maybe their interpretation. Maybe that's not actually stated by the artist anywhere. I'm assuming that it is. To some extent, that these statements are, like, what the artist was stating, and then and then now presented here. Uh, but but that's that's definitely what I I think is good. Now there was also a piece that we saw. I don't know if you wanted to say more about this one. Uh-uh. Um, so there was a piece we saw that looked like a little tiny coliseum. If you watch Game of Thrones, um, it looked like the little coliseum that the dragons used to live in, and they they met in in like the finale. And it was like a little miniature version of the col- of this little Coliseum, and I think there was like a little couple of people no th- there was like a couple of people in it, and then there was three holes.
1: and then <sighs> this like straight up vagina yeah sculpture. like so e- Well,
0: so each hole was made to represent like a different orifice on of a woman, the body on a woman's body um, <laughs> so the two below and the one above. Uh, and it's like, oh, okay. And then I read the plaque, and it's it's like, oh, this is meant to represent civilization. And I'm like, okay. Like. And we were just
2: like, <laughs>
1: we bust out. There's a security guard right there, and we could not. At that point, we were starting to like completely lose it. Mm-hmm. It just was ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So, so the, there were a couple of other pieces we did end up liking as well, and of course the Mirror Comics exhibit we enjoyed enjoyed most of it. But but even the pieces we, uh, I guess, enjoyed less there weren't even for the reasons for the rest of the the, the pieces we've talked about before, um, but yeah, generally, I mean, a lot of contemporary art I feel kind of boils down to this, and it's if anything, it is like the older contemporary art that kind of holds up more as legitimate, more you, you know, more as contemporary art became a thing, as opposed to some of the more recent things, um, and I, I I think personally that a part of that is that a lot of people want to believe that they are smarter and more skilled than they actually are. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe, like, this is kind of a negative or, like, um, rude thought. And I'm not even saying that, like, well, you want to seem like you're smarter than I actually am, and this is how I know this about you or anything. But, I mean, it's it's a pretty commonly observed phenomenon, I think. So, uh, in psychology... Uh, which isn 't actually something that I study at all, but in psychology, there is an effect known as the dunning Kruger effect, which is basically that people the the effect of people believing that they are more knowledgeable, more knowledgeable in a subject than they actually are, mm-hmm. and part of that is that people often project that like their understanding of something is the extent of which that thing is or, or even like the most that they understand about a subject their expertise in something is is equivalent to as far as someone else could understand but that's not necessarily the case like they imagine well if I only know this much then, then surely like this other person doesn't know any more beyond me um, and especially with the advent of like Wikipedia and things online where like you feel like you can easily digest information um, educational podcasts or, or, or like taking online free online courses they're all very helpful but it's you know, you can take a massive online open course from Harvard, and that's great, but it does not necessarily make you as skilled or as knowledgeable, or more importantly, like more practiced as somebody who actually is is taking courses at Harvard. Um, and, and so what I mean to say there is I, I think that sort of affected uh, the art scene, the art, art culture in a lot of ways, especially that like, I mean, art wasn't always made for being for dealers, and for being sold, or for being shown in museums, and often that kind of is the case um, with these sorts of art, pieces of art at least, and um, you know, they used to just kind of be artists, people just depicting things, people just making art to make, for for the sake of art, Um, and that definitely still exists online, but as far as modern art goes, I I don't know, does it, how big, I would love to see like a statistic of like, you know, self-proclaimed modern contemporary artists, and how many of them are involved with uh dealing art at like high cost and also having their stuff shown in museum as opposed to just making it on like deviant art or something.
1: Yeah. And even with Deviant art, um, you know, back in the day
0: mm-hmm.
1: even Deviant there there could be a a painting, an oil painting that mm-hmm. maybe um, maybe say a fifty year old man who's been mastering his craft mm-hmm. over and over and over and he comes out with this piece that took him seven years to create. Um and then, as opposed to you know, some twenty-year-old who has a massive following who posts, you know, a Sonic
2: mm-hmm. fan art, or
1: you—it's know, it, it, the world is just so warped in its own way, or it, it becomes a you know, just this big networking schmoozing, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: everyone's smarter than than anyone. Well,
0: everybody wants. Everybody would like to be, uh, you know think that their tweet like that they're smart enough as as the best tweeters right and they, they want to be able to tweet and be clever and be smart and they want to be able to go in a museum and look at art and and think of themselves as, as like i i too am a man of culture um and you know uh we obviously have this podcast and and we think you might say well you guys think that you're smart enough to do a podcast that your opinions are interesting enough and, I mean, to some extent, you know, obviously we find each other's opinions interesting. Um, but, you know, like we said before, if you disagree on any of these points, please message us and let us know. We'll be happy to uh, discuss it or, or even potentially uh, discuss it with you if it's, like, interesting enough on the show. That would be very interesting. So mm.
1: The reason I, I enjoy our discussions or mm. just I love the way that you speak because you're not just shoving some narrative down my throat or i Mm -hmm. believe this it's only like this you know we can actually discuss things you have an open mind um i don't feel like i'm stuck in a certain narrative i feel Mm -hmm. even through through social groups like through college it was always kind of well this is this is right and this is wrong Mm -hmm. this is good art this is bad art
0: Mm -hmm. this is this is well, good. This is and bad, and there's definitely in the, there's definitely in that I think a lot of um, people where it's like, unless it's you know what the bad stuff is like bad because it's condemned, but the but the good stuff is kind of uh, more more proliferate. There's supposed to be a lot of good things. Basically, there's a lot of things that you're not allowed to call bad. You're just supposed to accept that it's good on a level, even if you don't appreciate it. It's just not you appreciating it, and it's it's like kind of like supposed to everyone gets everything. a medal. everyone's
1: yeah. a winner yeah and I think that's also in itself like the Museum of modern so to me the Museum of Contemporary art um, represents that that mentality that we do have um, in this society now that everyone is a winner. everyone deserves a medal. everyone's art is as good as anyone's mm-hmm. and that everyone can do it and you know oh you paint circles. That's great. You're an artist. Good mm-hmm. job. It, it's it's not in the past where you you strive to perfect. better yourself or perfect mm-hmm. your art. It's just everyone's kind of just becomes the you know, that's perfect. That's great. Good job. Here's your you know here's your banana sticker. Good job. Mm-hmm. And I think that that will eventually be the downfall of um, art in this generation, if it well, hasn't already.
0: And I don't even know if it's a generational thing, but definitely it's i it, it's a i mean it's a i think it's
1: an i would hope it would be
0: well i think it's something that's that's been the case longer than that than just this generation i mean contemporary art didn't start this generation, but it is definitely something that between like uh echo chambers of people kind of like reinforcing the same it's you know this art is good art even though it's a blank canvas and things like that um or or the fact that like there is a certain type of art that is consistently in uh, museums and such.
1: Um, and I hate to be the person to bring it up but it, in my opinion it all started with Andy Warhol. I think that he single-handedly ruined the flow of art and the way that people perceive it mm-hmm. and what what it means to be genius or master of crafts. Um, and that's not going to be a popular opinion at all. Sorry in advance, I have felt mm. this way since I was a child. I I just don't I can never I can't appreciate his art I can't
0: and and so that's jumping into like pop art right which isn't exactly something that we've talked about entirely but I think it falls in line with the the criticism of contrivancy that that is very contrived um, a lot of Andy Warhol stuff I don't think all of pop art is but I think a lot of it is um, I do appreciate pop art in terms of advertisements I, I've always been a really big fan of. Uh, of just advertisements over, over the years, especially retro ones, um, and and seeing them in different countries, I I think it's really interesting, and I, I'm. Be, because those things are are not just art, you know, they are made for it to be attention grabbing and to to mm-hmm. sell products. So like, there's a specific new, sort of before the advent of advertisements and and then i think pop art is the thing that kind of pushed it beyond like just an ad that says like we sell shoes at five dollars or you know whatever like some simple ad
1: whereas pop art is is it's going its own way you know think of art nouveau Mm -hmm. and that old school advertise advertising and just how gorgeous those pieces were um
0: which yeah I, i also very much love um but I, and I think that, though, I think Art Nouveau is much more art first, advertisement second. Pop art is advertisement first, art second. Mm-hmm. Um, which isn't entirely bad, but, but ultimately, because it is intentionally set up to, in, to manipulate people in a certain way, I think it's very contrived, which I think is, uh, I, I think removes itself from art being an com- a, a implicit commentary on culture. Which is which I think is what it, it normally is, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, Andy Warhol. Andy Warhol particularly is somebody that I Overrated. I'm not a, f- I'm not fan, a fan of, of. either. Uh, the most I've ever enjoyed him is uh, it, I was gonna say in Men of Black Three when he's played uh, by by that guy from SNL. That's hilarious. Know, like, no, but I'm just joking. I, yeah, I don't, I don't like <laughs> Andy Warhol. Um, even somebody like. But yeah, those are our thoughts on uh, the MCA, our experience there, and kind of, I guess, overall, you know, art currently, or at least modern art and, and all of that. Um, there's definitely a lot of art that we enjoy that has nothing to do with this type of art or, or even art that would really be um, presented in a museum format, and maybe we'll talk about that at some point, at some point yeah. like highlight some artists that we enjoy online and such, uh, but yeah, let us know what you think. I know this is kind of like, you know, this is, this is easily something debatable that, that people are going to have different opinions on. Again, ssradiopodcast.gmail.com. Let us know, and uh, we'll talk about it next show.
1: The Last Jedi is coming. Me and Shelby have just finished watching star wars the last jedi the trailer that just apparently was released Mm -hmm. we just watched it twice in a row and these are our thoughts number one i am so hyped
0: yeah this looks pretty good i'm pretty excited gorgeous this is is exactly really how i wanted it to look to be honest Mm -hmm. um yeah visually and plot wise i really like the direction we're headed i'm not so keen on some of the like uh like other side characters that are going to be having stories like there's some new girl <laughs> character that I, I don't know anything about maybe she'll be cool but I, I feel like i'll probably be like all right let's get back to ray and uh kylo um and then there's well i'm just gonna say right now there's like this weird new chicken creature that hangs out with uh chewbacca Chewy, Chewy, and
1: i'm just like
0: it's like a, almost like a hamster really more than a chicken but it sounds like a chicken I don't know. Just it just seems like they're like, okay, BB-8 didn't sell as well as we want, even though it sold pretty good. They were like, all right, let's do like a little hamster thing. Everybody loves Hamtaro, so let's do this. Like, I, can't. I don't know. It's just uh, like, that, that looks crappy. Besides that, yeah, this looks really good. Um,
1: I th- I think the whole you know just going to the the stupid squawking chicken. Yeah. it it cheapens che The whole point of Chewy is to be you know a cool pilot's you know kind of.
0: Well, now I mean, also he's alone. He doesn't have Han, and they could have highlighted that instead.
1: Yeah, that you know, such a dark dark trailer, like what? But no, like you know, he's all right because he's got his chicken now, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: his little squawking chicken.
0: Um, the I don't know if the cinematographer is the same, but like the the cinematography is like really good and
1: gorgeous. I love the color schemes. It was, you know, you you saw from the um, the posters they released that were all you know too edgy for you with all Mm -hmm. the red um the color schemes in this trailer that that are you know for this film the black and the red is beautiful so great it's gonna be gorgeous i don't normally watch movies in 3d Mm -hmm. but i would consider doing so for this film and that is something that i never say (laughs) but uh
0: So we do have two different people. So Dan Mindell did The Force Awakens. Um, He also recently did uh, Zoolander 2, Amazing Spider-Man 2, Star Trek in the Darkness, Savages, John Carter, Star Trek 1, Mission Impossible 3. So he's like a big J.J. Abrams guy. Now Mm -hmm. the guy doing Last Jedi, Steve Yedlin, uh, recently did uh, San Andreas, which I think is the Earthquake movie. Uh, Danny Collins... Carrie? Girl, most likely. I don't know. A bunch of movies that actually aren't visually stunning. But more importantly, he did Looper, and he did uh, Brothers Bloom, and he did Brick. Uh, So he is the guy for um, Ryan Johnson, who's directing this movie. So it looks like they're like a duo that always work together. Mm -hmm. Looper had really great visuals. You still haven't seen Looper. You need to see Looper. I have not seen Looper. Um, This definitely looks... Visually, sci-fi-wise, it looks on par with Looper. Um, Mm. Like... Both, like, great, intense sci-fi concepts. Um, but uh, this this looks better in terms of, like, just, just like, you can take a random shot and it looks like a beautiful picture, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, even the, the scene of just Kylo really reaching
1: out for his new lightsaber, the, the mm-hmm. black lightsaber, his shiny black gloves, and, and that red beautiful mm-hmm. um that scene with the soldiers the white soldiers from
0: yeah, from the top down view of kylo walking and then the sol- the stormtroopers behind him gorgeous uh, they're walking on like this weird like it almost looks like char or like crystal but it's black mm-hmm. like turning into red or or maybe vice versa the floor and it's really cool looking um i like you know the shot where he's at the factory and the the atats or adats uh depending on on where you fall on that um, are being assembled, really cool.
1: Well, and they kind of have a new look. It almost looked like they, uh, and maybe this is just me looking at it wrong, but it almost looked like their arms are kind of more gorilla tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so instead of that kind of, they they were meant to be like based off like kind of like an elephant, mm-hmm. I guess. But um, they looked more big, just beefy, yeah, they, like ready they, to rock. A lot more ammunition.
0: They look like the um, like. Hulkbuster, what Hulkbuster is to Iron Man is kind of like what these are to the normal yeah. ones a little bit. Um, they Add they just on steroids. Yeah, they they look like extra intense and like ready for for like to to they like yo you got armor piercing rounds. Well, that's not gonna help you here. Like that's what it looks like.
1: Well, and from the trailer, it looks like the 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 good guys, the rebels.
0: Rebels, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Are they, they still rebels? Or are they are
1: they still rebels or whatever? They're getting their on. ass kicked. Oh yeah. In the trailer, they're they're. They're
0: getting a whooping. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I am really bummed that we didn't see any of the First Order really going on here. I, I really want to see like what they're, what they're doing now because I I'm like still trying to understand like what is the scale of the factions, you know? Because there was like the the New Republic, mm-hmm. uh, which got apparently completely eradicated, right? Except for the small rebels that that are like now still fighting, because um, they were their own faction, and then First Order got like obliterated from that planet they were on or it wasn't a planet it was the star killer base right mm-hmm. um but they there wasn't wasn't that like the primary primary seat of them i i don't re- recall entirely but i don't know what their scale is or like is uh who's that guy who led, led snoke no who led the first order oh um general hux yeah is hux still alive or did he die
1: he didn't die
0: Okay, so what's up? But with him? I feel
1: like they're, they they didn't give a lot away in the trailer. Um, yeah,
0: but I, I'm just saying I really want to see what's going on with Hux. Oh, I, on Wikipedia it lists him as the former head of First Order's circular base. Which, I mean, even if he has a new possession, I guess so. That position. either
1: that either implies that he was killed, or no. Um,
0: well, no, I think he is alive because he's in this he's in this this movie. But former head, so like either they just mean like, oh well he's obviously not the head of the base because it doesn't exist anymore or he's been demoted. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um,
1: I I'm really intrigued, um, Luke Luke's relationship with Ray, because it mm-hmm. looks like he starts training her but he sees this raw power that clearly he's implying, you know, I've only seen this once before, Kylo. Um mm-hmm and i wasn't afraid back then but i am now because kylo mm-hmm. as we all know massacred the entire jedi school that luke mm-hmm. was teaching so he what my prediction is cuz at the end you see ray wanting and th- you know this might be a misleading trailer uh, wanting to know her place in this whole this whole mess mm-hmm. this whole story the whole force and then kylo reaching out to her so what's
0: the best part of the trailer
1: it my prediction you know and i'm sure this has been a lot of people people's speculation you know ever since the first movie ended um where luke is afraid you know he doesn't want to work with her Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to force her to the dark side like like kylo you know he trained him and then kylo betrayed him turned to the dark side so maybe he tells ray that he won't he refuses to train her or, or something happens where she seeks to be trained by kylo or you know maybe kylo in that that scene with you know potentially blowing up princess leia what if he overcomes his his drive for that and decides that he can't do it you know and see i think he's knows? T- i
0: think well no okay hang on so i think he's definitely gonna kill his mom when he blows up the the, the ship that she's on and I think they definitely intended to give that away in the trailer, so that they, so people wouldn't be like, oh wow, real original. He killed his dad. Now he's killing his mom. Uh, I saw that coming. You know, like so they don't feel like they're redoing the same thing. Um, and sort of how in the first Guardians they made a big deal about Ooh, who's who's his dad, and then in the second one they gave it away in the trailer, and they're like, oh look, we're not going to make a big reveal about this. Yeah. Um so I think he's definitely going to do it. I'm kind of bummed that they gave away that moment where he's like really emotionally conflicted. Yeah, and and it looks like I mean I think he's going to do it, for sure. And it sucks to see that, like, now, because, I, I don't know, will it have the same impact when we're watching the movie to see him, like, really struggle and it just, like, lingers on his face.
1: Well, and he's such a great actor. His face...
0: He's very emotive.
1: He's very emotive and not just, ooh, I'm angry, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm throwing a temper tantrum, because we saw that a lot already in the first movie, and obviously that's a part of his character, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, we see a little, a little snippet of that in the elevator, looking at his n- new mask...
0: I think it's his old one, and then he, like, smashes it, right? I think it's his old one, and and he just smashes it. I hope he gets, like, a completely different mask. Or just... Well, some people are
1: thinking he's not doing the mask at all.
0: I'm cool with that, too.
1: Yeah. Because in most of, like, the posters and the merchandise, he's not wearing a mask. So that might just be, you know... If you guys were expecting more masks, bam!
0: I do think that the best part of the trailer is the end there, where she's like, I need to know my place... In all of this. And then he reaches out his hand for her. I don't know if they are the same scene though. I'm skeptical that. Yeah. I think she's actually probably talking to Luke in that scene. He probably is still reaching out his hand to her. But in a different scene. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm wrong. Well because he I reached out to cool. her in the
1: in the first movie. Yeah. Wanting to be her teacher. Mm-hmm.
0: I would love to see that actually be the scene where she's like asking him for help. And then he's reaching out to her. That would be awesome. If, if it is what you're suggesting where like. Luke's training her, and then he's like, "Oh, I can't, I can't do this." And then she's like, "Well, fine, I'm gonna get training elsewhere then." And it ends up being from Kylo. Um, and then long term wise, like, I still really like the idea that ultimately Kylo, you know, re- reverts back to being Ben Solo, and uh, like finds, comes back to the light, and then she turns dark, and that it's ultimately Kylo's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would really like if like that is the the full on trilogy arc that they do here
1: well because every second star wars always has to have that big reveal you know if if they keep up with that tradition like the second Mm -hmm. movie is where they reveal darth vader being luke skywalker's father Mm -hmm. you know if they do something kind of shocking like that i i hope so i want to be surprised um i already feel um i'm already pretty excited about how I will feel visually about the movie. Yeah,
0: visually it's going to be really beautiful and not just a rehash like the last one. Like, I, the last one looked good, don't get me wrong, but a, a lot of it was like, oh, wow, that's like HD version of A New Hope. Yeah, Thanks.
1: but this so far, I'm I'm not sure what know, to expect.
0: I don't know if you ever, like, looked into this, but when they were producing Force Awakens, they, like, hired teams and teams and teams of graphic artists to design new things for for what they were making. And if you look at some of them, some of the designs are very interesting, very different, most of them do have some uh, some aspect of the original trilogy still present. Like, they're still representing, paying homage to that. Mm-hmm. But what really sucks is most of the designs were, like, the most similar. Th- that they decided to go with. Yeah, the they that scrapped were, all the good ones. Th- all the really interesting stuff, they were like, oh, that's great. But we're just going to go with the one that's, like, only slightly different from the designs from the first film. And it's kind of a bummer that they did that, um, or for, even from the first trilogy, really, but...
1: Well, they um, they learn from their mistakes because I I'm I have complete sure.
0: faith in Ryan Johnson to make this a great movie. I don't have such faith in J.J. J Abrams to wrap up the trilogy Ugh. though. So
1: what if this movie does so well that they
0: they can't they they, fire can't. J. J., they won't.
1: Oh, that makes me sad. But yeah. regardless, I'm really really hyped um, in a way that I I wasn't with The Force Awakens. Um, I have a lot of hope <laughs> for this movie. I really actually like the characters and I can't wait to see where they go with it mm-hmm. because you know JJ he went his own way with it but having someone new and I wa- I can't wait to see the direction he takes this
0: mm-hmm. um Finn's outfit is really cool I like it a lot yeah I do still hope that he's partially cybernetic now though from his injuries from last time you know he was like crippled or something um, I want to see him with, like, I a cybernetic... I thought he was just in a coma. I-, I was pretty sure that he got hit in the spine. Mm. I-, I want to have him have, like, a robotic cybernetic spine now. I think that'd be cool. And maybe they'd be like, oh, wow. And it hyped got- him up or you-
1: something. You've got
0: enhanced reflexes now, like, or something. Like, that'd be cool uh but even if they don't have that just just some star wars uh,
1: version of cyborg
0: did you notice the like i don't know if it's cybernetic or what what it is but on the scar that kylo has it's like some metal or something it
1: almost seems like um like a healing like a bandage maybe i feel like it's a
0: permanent thing though
1: you think so yeah
0: i don't think it's just temporary
1: it's cool looking though Mm -hmm. um because the first poster they had with his little scar i didn't you yeah, it was, like, that. really
0: subtle. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is just a Band-Aid. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. oh, that'd be cool if, like, that scene's, like, right after The For- Force Awakens and some of yeah, the other stuff isn't. Cause it's
1: because he's still healing. Mm-hmm. You know, she slashed his face. hmm Although, I mean, it is Star Wars land. They're able to fix things pretty easily, you'd think, a little... They've
0: got those tanks uh, that you can, like, regenerate in also. Mm-hmm. So those are cool. I forgot what those are called. But they had them in Dragon Ball Z also. Yes, they. Did. <laughs> um, I think that that's basically our thoughts on it, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm hyped. Mm-hmm. I'm really hyped. So, fingers crossed.
0: Hello, I'm Shelby. And I'm Shannon. And this is Marvel Talk on SS Radio. So, we watched the first, I guess the first two episodes of Inhumans, and uh, yeah, I mean it was all together as one pilot episode, like an hour and a half long thing, and I guess this is what they aired in IMAX, which I, I don't really know anybody that want to see it in IMAX, I don't what? know how well it did, <laughs> I don't think very well, you know, obviously all the reviews have been pretty bad, but we watched a whole hour and a half of this show, I think, I think we, we've definitely given it a fair trial as far as that. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's let's get into like initial feelings on the show, Shannon.
1: So I had never previously read or seen anything in humans here before, so this is all fresh to me. I never saw trailers, nothing. I started complete clean c- clean slate.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't
1: read any reviews, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I hung in there. There was some really interesting parts especially watching it with someone like shelby who is giving me the the scoop throughout the entire show
2: mm-hmm.
1: um first of all it looked really cheap it was really <laughs> distracting um yeah and maybe this is my inner you know marvel snob where you get so spoiled with you know decent quality even like the worst quality movies mm-hmm. uh in comparison to something like this it's distracting. Honestly, I mean,
0: even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think does a better job at this stage in the game than what this show was bringing to the table.
1: I didn't think they built the world, their no. world, very well at all. It was pretty much just uh, kind of faraway shots of this kind of futuristic castle and then um, a cave. Like, dirt yeah, the, caves that's like where... The,
0: basically w- the two sets we gotta see. Where
1: I guess you send people that have crappy powers or no powers to just dig dig for no reason they never actually even Mm. talk about what they're mining yeah (laughs) so like
0: so that's that's a big problem where like doing the inhumans there's a lot of opportunity obviously like you can be doing like what marvel's kind of doing now and using them as x-men um you can be doing basically like if they were going to inject Inhumans into the MCU, then you'd be doing, like, this massive, like, new... Like, a, a world colliding with, with the world of the MCU. So, that's why it was go- going to be a big deal when they were going to do an Inhumans movie, which is what the predecessor was for this show. That got canned, and then they did this show. So, like... You've got Adaland, This This whole city... This whole society exists on the moon. On just a part of the moon. And conceivably functions like a miniature earth but they do no work whatsoever to explain how this place functions
1: it's just like oh there's a there's mm-hmm. a, a little rover on the moon and then it's like knock knock oh some guy with a hoof a minotaur guy mm-hmm. and then <laughs> and then they're like oh there's fresh blue skies and yeah. and castles and and birds for some mm-hmm. reason
0: and so there's this <laughs> entire like ecosystem and they're, apparently they're very resource rich with the sort of technology they have here I, I mean and they don't do a good job of explaining if the if the implication is like that the technology all existed prior to them going to the moon like they do not fill in the history of why they were originally on earth and then
1: or why they would deserve to go back to earth
0: mm-hmm. um, just like any or like even what is the history of, of being humans you know? At all, at all, who created them? And, how and at they the same there.
1: time, they're like, "Oh, like this is this is what the the rover monitor saw. This is what mm-hmm. the Earthling saw." So clearly, they're monitoring Earth, and mm. then some of the characters were kind of um, in tune with modern Earth technology, while mm. others were just like, "What's that?" And
0: yeah, I mean, you have like, just,
1: like especially as someone who has no idea what's going on, mm. I it felt like. <laughs> was so yeah. confused.
0: So, like, they don't build up... They don't do any world building here. You just get, like, a couple of glimpses as, like, how this society is even built. And, um... And, and then you, like, quickly... Most of the characters are brushed off to Earth. In, in which you have some that seem like it's entirely, like, second nature to them. It's not that weird. Um, also, Adelan is, like, the same as Earth. Down to, like, the, the buzzer that uh, Maximus uses to cut Medusa's hair, like looks like a, oh like my a really God. standard like con air buzzer that you get. At it wasn't Walmart. even
1: like some futuristic piece of technology. It was just like like it's a like, buzzer, uh, yeah. and that was my favorite scene in the whole show. I, but, I yeah. It. So
0: like, but even Black Bolt, <laughs> who's like the king, the leader of this society, is like when he comes to Earth, he acts very confused the entire time, and is like, what what are things here. But then when Medusa goes, she's, like, blending right in and, she's like... like,
1: oh, you're near the city. Oh, there's a bus. I'm yeah. gonna just blend in with the tourists. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: and...
0: Yeah, it's, it's... It seems pretty inconsistent there. And then, like, oh my gosh. I mean, the Earth characters, or character, or whatever, that, like, works for, like, the CIA or something oh, is my. really... really cringy. His really eyebrow. Really oh, the, the eyebrow this, guy. Yeah. The, the guy
1: that works for the... The government space program, I guess, mm-hmm. it's. it looks like a very cheap, they're all sitting in this, like, weird classroom yeah. with, like, one <laughs> projector or something. Yeah, you would think it
0: would be, like, a big NASA situation, but it's no, not.
1: No, but, you know, we, we just have robots on the moon and in a classroom, a fifth grade classroom, mm-hmm. um, and there's this guy he just walks in i don't even know the character's name um and his face looks like he may or may not have suffered from a stroke like one one part of his face is in one expression then the other his eyebrow is like (laughs) he looks like like a a a a living
0: poorly done face swap on uh yeah
1: when you go on snapchat and you do the little camera like a and it doesn't really fit to your face Mm -hmm. right it's either too big or too small it's so demented looking and one um, of his
0: eyebrows was like an entire like eyebrow notch above the other one.
1: Oh my gosh
0: mm-hmm. but yeah so but that guy's <laughs> not even like a real character so he's like in charge of this this female uh like scientist or engineer of some kind who
1: may or may not have a role in this show but she was mm-hmm. such a bland character other than just being like I that got, that looks like a hoof.
0: Do you remember in? <laughs>
1: I'm going to Hawaii.
0: <laughs> do you remember in Transformers One? There was the female scientist that like hung out with, uh, uh, Anthony Anderson. Yes. She was British in that, but I feel like this is like a super cheap version of that character. That's and that's, I and can that's see basically that. it. And I guess she's gonna she's going to like. He's like, oh, you, you're going crazy, you, you, you think there's hooves on the moon, and, and you need to take some time off. And, she and she just she's was like, like,
1: I just thought it looked like it, sir, but you know, okay, I'm going to go take a vacation and go mm-hmm. to Hawaii and figure out what the hell is going well, on. And
0: so she's like, oh, I'm going to go, I guess, track down the Inhumans, and uh, and I guess she's going to be like the person that brings them together and then is like, I'm going to help you get back to the moon somehow. And I don't, I don't, I don't get why that character's there at this point. It just seems kind of
1: they needed another female that wasn't related to the other females.
0: Yeah, or just I guess like we need a an Earth person.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the surfers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. So like the um, I think it's Gorg- Gorgon, the guy with the hooves, that look really really bad like the fur doesn't even look like real fur i thought he was all. just
1: wearing baggy pants at first because like the lighting wasn't really mm-hmm. good enough to really see the detail and even his first initial scene when he brought the the freaking rover car back in i thought he was just wearing like i thought he was just like a heavy walker mm-hmm. until like they really started i don't know the the, the bit the sound bit of the hooves they I'm do just it like,
0: like every time he shifts
1: as somebody who has never watched this, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, maybe people like me are another kind of audience they want to kind of... Yeah,
0: they, they could have done so much exposition in the show, but, like, things just happen, and you're like, I don't know what that well, and is. And they
1: zoom in on a lot of faces, mm-hmm. and they don't do a lot of explaining, mm-hmm. and they don't really show a lot of full body, like, you know, oh, like, this might be important that his hooves are well-lighted, or, you know, clear... So- clear to see
0: well when he gets sent to earth he's looking for his friend that looks like piccolo and he can't find him um, so he
1: starts like yelling his name
0: starts yelling beach. for him can't find him and then he just walks into the ocean and like about two feet into the he's like two feet high in the water and then he, he realizes i can't swim and he like gets swept away in, into the ocean oh my god and it's just gone. like struggling the whole time uh like doesn't then, even yeah, swim bro. at all.
1: Like we gonna save you, like yeah, the two the two Hawaiian surfers, surfers were just like yo man, you you okay? And they all sit in a circle and share beers, and um, you know just like hey black guy with the, the with hooves. the with the hooves, like you know Whoa. I love Minotaurs, like what's up? Well, and they were and, just
0: like oh wow, you must be one of those inhumans. And he's like well why
1: don't why don't you have the battle come to you? So he calls and he's like all right guys the battle's coming to me. You might want to get out of here They're like. Nah, man. This is our beach. We love a little danger. It, it was like, like what?
0: They spent way too much time on these weird. Who are these characters? people? Are they
1: going to actually have a role in the show?
0: No. Are I these gotta, just I hope like not. the
1: the directors' friends that are just like, yo, hey, oh man, like come on, just just. Is, <laughs> do it was very do me a, do me a how solid. <laughs> how
0: long like he just like hangs out with these surfer guys. And well, and, like, and like, then what? there was this like, weird
1: scene where they like he sets down his little you know bracelet mm-hmm. iPhone yeah i watch thing and they zoom in on the watch and then a guy looking down at the watch and mm-hmm. you think he's gonna like take it or something
0: but no he's just I mean, like no, hang out. Just he's just hanging like, out like yeah yeah man i'm just like, like what it? the
1: hell is going on
0: uh this is super weird and
1: also how come like they all keep like using each other's like i eye watches and
0: well medusa
1: and, like medusa is like just using everybody's eye watch and they don't like trace any of these calls mm.
0: Well, they imply like, that that's what's going to happen, but nothing really but results. But nothing actually it. happens. Um, and then it's funny because every time Medusa's talking to someone on it, she's always like, "I've got to let you go." Like it's a wireless, like thing that you can talk to you, these you're people. You're not on. even you holding you don't, anything. You don't have to hold it up to your ear, you just like have it on your wa- on your wrist. You know,
1: you guys are in a, a foreign planet or, yeah. or one that you've never like been to. Why don't you guys just like talk to each other? And it's like, all right, babe, you know, like, like it just listen to me as I I venture because Until I might be in danger it, yeah. and then she throws the phones away like she threw like three phones away at one point mm-hmm. like I'm just like okay
0: yeah so so that's kind of funny um one of my my biggest problems with it well, so my my favorite thing about the show easily is Maximus played by uh, Iwan Rihan. <laughs> he's really good yeah um, and uh, like he his acting is like so much better than everyone else's like he's he actually like has subtle character. Uh, like, did you notice his eyes twitching when he would get, like, frustrated with mm-hmm. people and stuff? Like, he's, like, he's, like really good. Well, he's like, a
1: wonderful actor.
0: And, yeah, and no one else in the show. In a cast
1: was... of... When he... Okay, so look at the contrast between him and Medusa when she pins him to the wall. That, that entire scene.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: His acting is, is wonderful, and hers is it's just laughable. We were we were cracking up mm-hmm. through half the scene because we just like, when this is just, horrible. Her wig
0: is so silly looking, and
1: CG is stupid, and he's just like, you know, I don't know, the whole thing is just, for me, as someone who's never been into Inhumans, I'm, you know, I'm intrigued, but at the same time, this episode, just, I felt like wasted a lot of my time, too. Well, that's
0: that's the same thing with, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is there's just a lot of time being wasted where like nothing's really happening but it's like they were like hey can you, we please make this show can we please make this show and, and they're like alright we're gonna let you make this show and then they're like alright guys we gotta fill a lot of dead time now like we we didn't have that much plot like we don't know what to do and um, yeah so, so my w- one of the biggest problems I had with the show that was with as great as Maximus was he is this character that stages a coup in Adelan right and and overthrows his brother, Black Bull and becomes the new the new king. Okay. Now, the issue I have is he apparently was able to get, um, I, I don't know what her name was, but, like, some Asian girl whose ability, I guess, is to regenerate or something. Um,
1: but she's also super powerful or something? I, yeah,
0: I don't, I don't know, and I don't even know if... I generally bodyguard don't think something. I ever heard her name said, but... Uh, her and then, like, the, the, like, Royal Guard, you know, so basically, like, being able to do a military coup because he's got these people on his side. Now, that's great and everything, but here's the problem. We watch him try to convince, like, ten people to be on his side at different points throughout the, these episodes, and he fails every time, like, literally every person is, like, laughing in his face. And, and they're like, no, why would I ever side with you? And then he's, like, always very upset, like, oh, how like, I'm gonna go Elliot Rodgers on you right now, I'm so upset. And it's i'll
1: show you it's i'll so show weird. everyone
0: cuz it's like well, wait how would he ever have been able to stage this military coup if he's this bad at convincing people
1: like why wouldn't they have shown the rest of the royal mm-hmm. guard uh you know agreeing with him it, he had the scene with the miners mm-hmm. and they were all like yeah we, 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 let's go to earth yeah i mean it the, wasn't even, were the most hard working people it wasn't really
0: anything there too he's just basically like workers revolt and they're like i mean yeah i would like to not work in a mine and he's like that's what's gonna happen, and they're like cool, but like for somebody who's supposed to have such a, like an insane intellect and and be capable of convincing people to have a coup, like why would not They not sh- they should have given us at least one scene where he convinces a character to side with him, but they didn't. Or at least it, it, even
1: a main character, like there there could have been uh, maybe a situation them, yeah. where like Crystal, at one point is like. Could, could have been swayed for you know mm-hmm. a minute with like the emotional manipulation
0: with her yeah, parents. Crystal would have been great.
1: Something just you know she wouldn't even have to stay or, on his side. Yeah, I think, but just just to show that mm-hmm. like how brilliant and manipulative and and conniving and smart he was. But no, she's like, I'll never side with you. Yeah, and, like, and everyone's like, everybody. everybody either dies or just kind of is still around. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, you know, he gets like rejected twice by by women. The episode, and Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, we were just cracking out that um, his white knighting moment,
0: yeah, with Medusa, it was so weird. And like, what, bro, why would that ever work? I
1: mean, you can tell he's a great actor and he's not used to these. I mean, Game of Thrones wasn't always like the best, but the the script was just so predictable. And his lines of, you know, I could treat you better, and
0: if you were
1: if you were if you were
0: my (laughs) queen, (laughs) you were my queen. Like, I would never treat you like that. I would never treat queen.
1: you like that. Just just letting you know.
0: And he just, just <laughs> shut down. She's like, I am your queen. And he's like, I did not mean it that way. I'm a, I want to be your king. And, like, he's and like, then he tells why like, don't the we... other woman. And, he, and he's just like, why don't we pick up where we left off? And then she's like, "What you? I've been dating your brother since I was a kid. Like, what are you talking about? And it's just really pathetic and, and he's sad. He's like we and used weird. to be
1: best friends. And we're like, friend zone.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And then he tries to get her sister. She's like, he's like, man, you could have. You could have been a, a princess, even, and I'm confused. Like, isn't she?
0: Right. I mean.
1: I don't know. Maybe like I. Maybe that was just the way you phrased. It. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. At, at any rate, like that was that was pretty disappointing for such a great character and actor in this show so far. It's
1: just writing. Um,
0: I mean, it's not
1: his fault. He he does no, it's not. he does well with what he does have. Yeah.
0: Um. Uh. Let's see. What else?
1: I guess like all um, the the powers that are just kind of random, you know. Like I said, I'm I'm new to Inhumans, so I don't yeah, know they, all they the, don't the really side do characters. Do a good job explaining
0: why people can do what they can do, or, or why not they're do.
1: categorized and, and what to what. Because this guy has the ability to predict the future. Mm. For one thing, they never actually announced that for some reason. I don't know. Right. Well, or like how
0: how even like right? It's one thing to be like well. Biologically, we do this process, and then it awakens some latent alien power in you, where you can fly, grow wings, like manipulate energy. I don't know, like things like that. That all seems like it could be like relatively like explained away through sort some sort of like biology explanation. Um, But then, like being able to see the future, what do you like? Where does that even come from?
1: Well, and then we have like the the Instagram filter chick, or like her superpower is to literally be an instagram filter she's like i'm a i'm a flyer and everyone's like oh i love flyers yeah <laughs>
0: like <laughs> yeah like or, or, or like the snapchat filter that just like makes you slightly prettier thing yeah like that's what what she is
1: she just became the the butterfly like, okay um, like oh you that's so great i love flyers and then they're like oh but him i don't know man i'm just normal and i passed out why wouldn't he be like, oh, I saw I saw this, you know, poetic I visions. visions. I saw visions, I saw, like... Well, so the know, process
0: that these two characters went through, the terror genesis process to awaken their powers, like, is not whatsoever explained in the show. There's not even, like, bad exposition to explain it. They just start doing it. Well, you and know, also, I go, the, the parents, why?
1: before they go in, like, they were like, oh, we, we hope that they have better results than us. Mm-hmm. What, what do they mean by this? Mm-hmm. Like, or, or, like,
0: the whole Maximus is actually, like, there, he did the Terra Genesis proje- um, process and then they were like oh he's just a human and then he's like I don't care what genetics say I'm not just a human but I am or or something he's like I've never been there. like I don't know it's like
1: and I'm confused like did he come out as a human
0: explain like, like how how
1: do you even know like what really is the difference biologically between mm-hmm. a human and an quote unquote inhuman and well, genetically, then genetically
0: i mean they should be different like how x-men are and also inhumans are supposed to be like essentially part alien mm-hmm. but they don't explain that in the show
1: and then we have black bolt that literally killed his parents by saying why
0: as like an angsty teenager
1: as an angsty teenager and they were you know, probably
0: like you're grounded black bolt and well, then he was like why boom
1: and and it was like this his parents who i guess were supposed to be like like
0: i guess they would have been the king and queen
1: either the king queen or like they were about to overthrow the government They you know they were supposed to be these super whoa but they looked like some like random like like housewife and husband punishing their child and he's just like why and they blow up mm-hmm. into the wall or something um i laugh i busted out laughing uh, because it was just so it, i don't feel anything for the character I, you know, this guy is silent the whole time. I, the, His character has not been developed for me. I've never read the comic. Why do I care?
0: He's not even a very sympathetic character in the comics, honestly, a lot of the time. Because he's, he's just like this quiet, stoic guy. He's just supposed to be tough. He doesn't even come across that way in the show at all. He's well, not, like, this big, like, scary figure where you're like, oh my gosh, if he opens his mouth, it's gonna be terrifying. He just seems like a dopey guy the whole time.
1: When Everyone's, like, parents are dead, but, uh, he's the only character that I guess cares about it, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's, cause at first, when, when I'm first watching I'm like, man, why is everyone so young? They're all kings and queens, and they're all, like, you know, they're not kids, but they're, they're so young, and then mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, every, all the parents are dead, Okay, I get it, but w- there was, like, no older people except the, the council. Everyone yeah. else is all in, like, their 20s. So I thought they were going to explain, like, oh, maybe, I don't know. It, it, like, it's like everyone who's, like, middle age or old is working the mind, and, well, and I'm I, so confused.
2: And
0: I thought about this, too. I, early in the episode, Medusa looks at Blackbone and, and is like, remember the time before we were king and queen? And, sh- and then she's like, no, I don't either. Like, re- rem- reminiscing, but it's like, wait a second so the time before they became king and queen i guess must have been before he had slaughtered his parents by shouting at them and so, then, like, that's and how then you their parents like, like really killed sad... her
1: parents i mean it sounds or something like that you yeah. would think they would remember these really uh you, you know would, you traumatic times want,
0: well you wouldn't want to like reminisce about like hey remember how we we like got to this point in our life like <sighs> you killing your parents
1: Remember when your parents killed my parents and then you killed your own parents mm-hmm. mm good times, and now we're sleeping together, and we're king and queen, and my hair answers your your bracelet phone and yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know um uh-huh. I don't know i mean yeah. it it feels like it's gonna it could be a guilty pleasure show
0: uh, but uh, I don't
1: know if I can fully watch it
0: or well, not like how throughout long the series. Are- How long is the first season is... Or, well, maybe only season if it doesn't get renewed.
1: Lockjaw was, like, the best character, though. Lockjaw just slept and teleported people and was happy. He didn't hump anything or slobber all over someone or, like, did a poop joke or something. I was so happy. A giant dog with, like, no bullshit jokes. I'm proud of... You know, knock Mm -hmm. on glass table. Because it's...
0: I don't like... Him at all? He just just a dog. Oh, he's so happy. He's just so a happy. large. He's just like a larger than normal dog.
1: He's plot device. Mm. He is. He just teleports, and for some reason, like not only understands words, but he understands locations that he's never been to, or like that sounds great to me. I love these loopholes. You know, like put mm-hmm. a loophole and put a cute dog face on it. I'm in.
0: Yeah, well, so so to get back before the dog, so there's only eight episodes in the in the show. We only have six more left. Uh, conceivably, they can actually like hold together. Like that's not that much episodes to to not just like have like boring filler. But at the same time, I mean, where are we at in the show? Like boring filler, right? Like they're just gonna wander around Earth the next episode and like get back together, and then be like, all right, now we're gonna find a way. To go back to Adelan. and
1: and take back and kill Loki two oh and
0: mm.
1: oh can we also talk about the shoplifting scene?
0: Yeah, that was weird.
1: So you know he has he he steals the suit as he's walking out. They're all like, oh, we're getting robbed. And the cop pulls up, because he's just randomly walking down the street, and then he pulls his gun out on him, like, immediately. Before immediate- anything else. Immediately. He, like, opens the
0: car door he's and then like, whips his gun he's out. He's like,
1: freeze! Yeah. <laughs> and cool. then, like, all these cops... And, like, eight cop oh cars show God. up after
0: that, and he just stole a suit. Which also, like, why is Black Bolt stealing suits?
1: Alright, so listen up.
0: Like, he doesn't know what theft is? He's a I, thing.
1: I have experience in luxury retail and I can tell you one thing. The cops don't show up for like a good 45 minutes to an hour when it comes to theft. Nobody cares. It's Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean it, it, I don't know. The, the the whole I get it, you know, they, they needed the scene so they could, you know, flip the car around like three times and show it from all these different angles and then also show the news coverage because oh wow, what a great effect that we spent money on but, you know, that that whole scene was so unnecessary. And then the whole handcuffs, and they're like, they're like, all right, everybody, he's going to take pictures. Like, it's it's all good. He's not going to, like, let's yeah, just when, not when, handcuff when, him like, again. Like, he just
0: takes off his handcuffs somehow, and is just, they're like, you like, better not like, take
1: his handcuffs off again.
0: Yeah, and then he just does it, and then they're like, well, he's he's cooperating, so don't put him back in cuffs. Like, what? He, like, he actually, like, attacked cops. Like he didn't just accidentally like steal a suit and accidentally kill like blow up the car. He actually punched cops. Yeah. He like attacked several of them.
1: But it's okay because he's cooperating. And then he sticks out his hand and confiscates his little bracelet iPhone like like a grade school teacher being like, Oh, spit out your gum Timmy
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> There was just and then and then there's the whole retail Theft scene that, you know, he steals a suit and they're like, their first instinct when the cop pulls up to him as he's running down the street in his stolen suit is to just whip out the gun. Freeze, motherfucker! Like, why would the cop's first instinct Well, and then be- like
0: eight cop cars show up afterward and like, and also like, well, why, why would Black Bolt steal a suit? Like, Black Bolt, you know what theft is. Why would you do this?
1: Well, and not only that, but that's not- I mean, I know, I get it, it's a TV show, but realistically, if there is a, a theft, even if it's like a luxury retail theft that suits $5,000, the cops are not coming for 45 minutes well, and they're just going like, to, like, boredly write the report. They, they're not going to, mm-hmm. like, be like, oh, I'm going to whip out my gun at this some random dude in the street in this blue suit walking down the sidewalk. They're going to be like, hey, get out of the street. <laughs>
0: Well, and then uh, I mean, he doesn't even get it get to keep the suit because he goes to prison and has a jumpsuit. So,
1: kind of defeated the whole purpose. But you yeah. know, I guess they just needed scenes like, like you said, they they had these random ideas, but they didn't really know how to piece mm-hmm. them together. Like, oh, this would be a great scene. They're like,
0: we need uh, we need him to fight the cops and get in jail, but then they're like, but but he didn't do anything wrong. So what do we do? <laughs> just make him for some reason steal a steal suit. the suit. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, I think that basically wraps up our thoughts on Inhumans. It's pretty disappointing overall. I mean, especially when you think about the fact that it's supposed to be like a Marvel property. And you're like, oh, this is not at all to the quality that you think Marvel should be at.
1: I mean, it's got like the quality of a typical sci-fi channel Channel. movie. Yeah, sci-fi channel. Um, The wardrobe looks like it came from Discovery. Mm -hmm. And overall, I was really confused yeah I was just confused by a lot of things they didn't really explain but yeah I mean we watched it we got through it we didn't have to stop it halfway Mm -hmm. through so we did it
0: alright from all of us here at SS Radio
1: stay Avengers strong
0: space the final frontier Oh wait, we don't do that, do we? No. 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 We
1: don't do that anymore.
0: No, not not in Star Trek Discovery.
1: No. Now we get now we get like a HBO Showtime tier yeah. opening.
0: Which is I mean kind of cool, but it doesn't feel very Star Trek-y.
1: It doesn't. Yeah. I mean the you know, they use you know that the music is, you know, it's beautiful well, and everything, yeah. but the imagery is kind of random. Mm-hmm. Even like there, there's like one part where it's like two hands touching, two mm-hmm. human hands and
0: yeah.
1: I, I don't know, I was kind of just like, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, and then they play the original music at the end of the intro, and yeah. that's that's kind of nice, but I, I'm like, I don't know, just make it more like Star Trek. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking spoilers for Star Trek Discovery, episodes 1, 2, and 3. Uh, 1 and 2 were like the pilot together release, mm-hmm. and then third one just came out for us. Um, so we talked about our thoughts on it last time, and kind of our anticipation now yeah, we've seen it.
1: from watching the trailer.
0: And, um, first of all, I feel like we're, we might have, like, somewhat divided thoughts, like, somewhat, like, a, we have some thoughts that uh, pertain to, like, the first two, like, the pilot, and mm-hmm. then, like, it, some of those things actually changed in the third one. Yeah. You know? The third episode, the episode. Is,
1: that, is that when the writer and director changed? Did he only do the pilot, or was it... Um, well, he,
0: he, uh, he wrote the pilot... I think. But I mean that's that's kind of typical anyways. It's like the showrunner will do the first one like Brian Fuller did the first one. Then that's usually how it'll be and then like they'll just do a couple episodes and usually like the ending. But yeah. so he got so Brian Fuller, I don't remember if we said this last time, but he was the showrunner and then he got kicked off and it's actually um some like totally different people now. It's
1: all these like kind of unknowns.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of forget who. Let me let me see if we can Pull that up. Uh, Yeah, it's Gretchen J Berg and Aaron Herberts, uh, who are like people that don't even have function. They don't have IMDb pages or Wikipedia pages. So Brian Fuller was removed apparently because he didn't turn in his drafts fast enough. Some some sort of like internal drama like that. Um, But yeah, so he contributed heavily to the first two episodes, not to the third one.
1: Um, I feel like it shows too, and and not just in the writing, but kind of the the tone. um, I don't know, like the costumes the makeup the general you know quality yeah and, and i'm sure the budget you know was different from the pilot to mm-hmm. the third episode the, the real start i guess of the show mm-hmm. um for one thing so i guess like we should just break down the pilot first and you know pretty quickly um i don't know if
0: um so so well like the first two episodes kind of go go together well, and they're kind of more, like, movie-like, right? Than, like, a mm-hmm. typical episode of a TV show. Um, but, yeah, we start off on this planet, right? Uh, this desert planet, and it's got the captain who... <laughs> uh, like, jo- Captain Giorgio? Yeah. Right? And then we've got our main character, uh, Michael Burnham, uh, who, who's a female. And they will remind you of, about that, even though the name is Michael. Um, and And they're, like, wandering in the desert, and they're walking around...
1: So the the pilot starts off, they're in this desert, they have this kind of, oh, you know, this motivating speech, and then they, they form the, the the Starfleet logo. Even though you know, it's, oh. like,
0: at like, uh, one point Michael's like, oh, we just walked in a complete circle, and the captain's like, not a complete circle, it's like, dude, that's like very was, different than a circle. It was
1: so, <laughs> it, after they were, you know, like, oh, I'm so smart, and I don't know, the whole, but it was a really a cl- clearly it was like just like a cheesy beginning you know whatever so then we get they're they're on the bridge and they kind of like throw in um, what's his name
0: S- Saru Saru yeah the and science officer they
1: kind of show oh like you know we bo- we're both smart you know mm-hmm. let's we clearly have this rival dynamic and you've got well-
0: uh, so let me jump in what they're kind of doing with with the main character in my opinion is what they've done in TV shows a lot in the past few years is basically write every character like they wrote Sherlock Holmes in the BBC reboot um like just yeah. like this genius like super super intellect and like like uh, like way too cool for the, for their own good basically and yeah. like
1: they're not like other characters yeah. She, she was human, but she also was raised on Vulcan by Spock's dad. And mm-hmm. she was, her parents are dead, so she's got this hero, you know, she, she hates the Klingons. And, oh, but she also is super smart. Um, and well, like she,
0: she's, she's smart down to, like, supposed to be able to do, like, complex mathematical equations in her head and, like, have the results immediately, like, in a very mathematical, logical, oh. Spock-like way. But, but she can also, also kick
1: ass. But also but she, she, she can kick ass. She's also a great fighter. Um,
0: and also, like, <laughs> is, is supposed to have, like, the same, like, courage and, like, badassery as uh, Kirk.
1: So this is what kind of bothers me. Instead of, you know, maybe creating two characters with maybe some of these qualities like no Mm. let's just just slap them together and just make this kind of mary sue tier character she Mm. doesn't seem very flawed you know the only time they even kind of show her struggling with anything was like dealing with some p ptsd on vulcan you know Mm -hmm. in some dome like school dome being shown her her family being massacred for some reason Mm -hmm. um and then it's just kind of like, oh, I, 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 mind melded, so I took those memories from you. So now you're, now you're totally fine now. Mm-hmm. And, and then you know when she's in prison, he's like, you're better than this. She mm-hmm. outwits the the computer. Yeah, yeah she outwits the <laughs>
0: computer in a way that like you would think. Oh, if it's this easy, like a lot of villains who get locked up would just be able to do this. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's There's like a lot of moments where like I don't know. You're going a bit far with like how how like capable you want this character to be. When like she's a first officer. This is not the first Star Trek series, and we've seen many like like we've seen Picard, we've seen Kirk, we've seen many characters who are like far like should be far more capable because they're far more experienced, and they're like they are captains and things like that. Where like they are not at all like this perfect and like well-rounded not just well-rounded but like excelling in everything that they do
1: yeah i'm i'm the best fighter i'm the smartest mm-hmm. i am the most unusual i rose to the rinks this quickly yeah.
0: so i okay so like yeah we we that's that's just, what we think of michael burnham like we, it seems like a
1: high budget fan fiction
0: it does um but yeah so like we're definitely not fans of michael burnham i did like her character more in the first two episodes Agreed. than in the third episode uh we're like so we're, we're gonna be jumping around between the three episodes a little bit here um rather than completely going in sequence like in the third episode she's got this roommate and like she's really rude to her even though the roommate Tilly is like super nice at first and like awkward and is like sorry that I'm awkward and instead Michael's <laughs> response is like just to like be silent or to be like really rude and I'm like what, what the heck man like and then there's other moments where she's like no I'm a person of of honor and I will always act with integrity it's like
2: what? And, and then
0: like she proceeds to like break the laws again, and I'm just like wait so which, are, are you like which what are you supposed to be like somebody who like actually stands for something and it's like well and a she good breaks person, into or, this like,
1: lab and discovers nothing like she doesn't I- exactly know what the heck is even going on in that mm-hmm. room she's just like wow this is beautiful I just illegally broke into this room and yeah found and like some not ten minutes sword. later is she,
0: is she like I want I want to serve my sentence. And, and like, do my time appropriately. Well, and even, you know, she's, she's like,
1: a prisoner. She did all this wrong. And -hmm. and instead of, you know, I'm a prisoner, I should, you know, kind of not be a a cold-hearted, you know, mutiny dick. I'm just gonna treat everyone like shit. And the only people that she even is somewhat good to was Saru, who... Uh She was, she, you know, it's the opposite. She was a complete, you know, kind of an asshole to him the mm-hmm. first, the first couple episodes. And now she's like, I'm so sorry, and you're yeah. so wonderful, and he's like, I don't trust you.
0: Yeah, so, um...
1: And his effects, speaking of him,
0: the yeah. quality
1: of, of like, his, his costume, it, and the way his mouth moves...
0: Yeah, like, he he looked fine like, in the first two episodes, and then in the it like third one. Maybe
1: like, went from, one. like, CGI to...
0: I don't in. remember it being CGI, but in the third episode, like, it looks like he's just flopping his mouth up, like, his little slit of a mouth, like, just, With like, a muppet. M- moving his head up and down a bunch of times, and then the words are supposed to, like, match up. Yeah. They really...
1: And it was really distracting.
0: Yeah. Because he moves his head up and down every time so that the mouths on the mask moves. Yeah. Uh, or the mouth on the mask moves. And it's, it's really weird. Um,
1: and we'll see in the next episode. Yeah. Maybe that was, like, just a bad prosthetic job, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it was maybe we just weren't really paying that much attention the Before. first episode
0: yeah. well so then the other thing is the first two episodes particularly like are shot in such a way that they don't feel like star trek at all no feels like a totally different show i think it got a little bit better in the third one it did
1: those angles in the first episode yeah. it was just <laughs> all over the place like, really, like, really it's intense, randomly sideways constantly now cutting to diagonal. different angles and like really Lens canted Blair. angles
0: um is just like all over the place uh yeah. So, what was one of the other issues that, that like I remember us kind of talking about before? The fact that it like this show like for sure confirmed oh, like so only follows her. It's not about any character. There's no.
1: It, it's just. It's like what I um,
0: was kind of saying yeah. before.
1: It's it's not a a team like a whole crew. Remember when we're watching? Okay, for example, The Orville, or when we just mm-hmm. watched. We did finally watch the third Star Trek uh, movie. movie yeah. and it was all. You know, the crew, the relationships, the dynamics between the characters. It wasn't just the Spock and Kirk mm-hmm. show. It was the whole crew. Mm-hmm. And even some new char- characters were developed. Or characters that weren't really developed in the first couple movies finally getting a little bit more mm-hmm. development. Um, and Whereas this show... And this might change. This might change, it's, it's you know. It's
0: possible. Because we do have, like, a list of characters now on the Discovery. Yeah. Whereas on the first two episodes, when we're just following the the USS Sen- Senju... Rusenjo, uh, that ship, like, we really only know about Cap- Captain Giorgio, uh, fir- first, mate, um, uh, Michael Burnham, and then Saru, that's, like, it, really. And it's just,
1: like, everybody else
0: is just kind of there.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, they're all just kind of numbers as they're dying, even, even the guy that runs to her while she's in prison, mm-hmm. it, you know, he's supposed to go to the sick bay, but instead he comes yeah. out to tell her what's going on. And then he just dies. He just gets sucked into space. He just gets sucked into space. Um, And, and, oh, this is another complaint we have. The amount of gore makes it not necessarily a show you can just sit down and watch with your family. Yeah. I I spent my childhood watching Star Trek with my father and my mother. And it was always something that no matter what age I was, it was never, you know, life scarring. Or I think the third episode especially, I mean these like horribly really
0: contorted graphic. mutilated bodies that like oh
1: my god yeah
0: like holes all over their body with like organs showing it's
1: like you know i, really I, I personally don't you know it doesn't bother me i'm not yeah, but it would you know trigger easily but I, I, i'm like this is this isn't a this isn't a star trek show i'd want my kids to watch exactly and
0: that's the thing is like star trek doctor who like uh a lot of those like old school sci-fi shows you could watch with your kids and everything, and the reason you would want to watch these things with your kids is because of the writing, ultimately, mm-hmm. and, like, the moral of the story, because that's that's what it would be, is, like, these these, like, old, older-tier high-sci-fi sci- high shows, high-concept shows, like, you actually had con- complex ideas being explored. Like, a lot of them were essentially, like, uh, philosophical problems being explored through this episode. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, like, Twilight Zone. And, um, and, you know, you'd have a lot of episodes ending with, like, Spock and Kirk, like, like reflecting on and being like well I guess we don't always know the answers to these questions or like this is now this is how we actually should be approaching such and such Mm -hmm. situation like they would come that's why you would want to show your kids the original series was never
1: ever a stranger to death I mean one of the famous catchphrases Mm -hmm. she's dead Jim he's dead Jim you know they would you know they would maybe show a slight Part of the body and, you know, look over and have a face, like, maybe a reaction shot of the crew just being like, oh, he's turned inside out. You Mm -hmm. know, these kind of horrific things happen, but it it wasn't wasn't so just, you know, in-your-face, shock value. You know, you have like a five-year-old watching, you know, start, which, you know, I guess I guess really isn't the case i don't know what kids No, i think watch a lot of people anymore, uh, so, some like nor- normal
0: guy would be like oh wow i haven't seen star trek in years let's put it on with the family after dinner and then they're like oh wow oh, oh no <laughs> she just killed that klingon and like a big thing burst through his chest
1: yeah she like, just oh, wow. like stabbed him and even you know the uh the captain's death and just uh, you know just just stabbed it yeah just so <laughs> which you know it is what it is you know we're adults we're watching star trek as adults but, um, you know, a lot of the, the big Star Trek fans mm-hmm. grew up with it. Yeah. This is something uh, that you you grow with. It's, it's more about the lessons that you learn from each episode. What what lesson did we learn from the any, first episode?
0: Any three of the she, episodes. She
1: did, like, kind of the right thing.
0: I disagree. Let's talk about that. Okay. All right, so the, the primary conflict, basically, for the entire series, is the war with the Klingons, which is started because of this issue with Michael Burnham. So um, this USS Sendro approaches an unknown object that they can't read because of their sensors are, are being displaced by the field in between. Um, so then Michael goes out in a little shuttle.
1: She's like, I and want to like, do it. It'll be fun. Suit. And yeah. they're all like, yeah, she's having so much fun. Her heart's elevated. It's like, clearly
0: a dangerous situation. But then they're like, oh, you're going to have so much fun, kids. Yeah, so, like, go ahead. She goes out there. Stupid. Turns out it's like a Klingon vessel of some kind. They haven't seen Klingons in 100 years. Um, she's like, actually is confronted by a Klingon on, in space. And Accidentally her first, kills him. No,
1: her first impulse—it wasn't an accident. Her first impulse was to just stab him or, or shoot him. I can't even. I think she re-
0: pushed him into like a spike. I thought that's what what happened. She did like, some sort fighting. of like
1: like combat move. Mm-hmm. Like this was not a, there. You cannot tell me this was like in an, in any way an accident.
0: Which, yeah, I mean, well, like they were fighting. She she didn't like try diplomacy first or something. So no. yeah, they they were fighting. This death happens, um, and then boom! All of a sudden, we're like in a conflict between. Um Takuvma, the Klingon like leader well, of the crew. Well, and group. this all
1: could have been avoided had she gone back in a timely manner. She was already at twelve minutes. It took mm. her so many minutes to get down there. Mm. They said you need to be back,
0: mm. and well, she
1: because of the radiation, she still didn't turn back. Like this, this is well, so stupid. Okay, so so
0: now we're in like a conflict here with Takuvma of the Klingons, and we'll get to him and the Klingons in a second. I definitely want to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 the USS Senja, and they're like, well, what do we do? We're we're right here, and this is we're we're trying to tell them, hey, we come in peace. We would want to extend an invitation and start diplomacy because we don't have that between the Federation and the Klingons. And Michael is like, is convening with um, Sarek, her her like adoptive. Uh, Vulcan father and he's like oh you know this is how we dealt with the klingons and she's like okay i'm going to do that which is to strike first and while i agree that that the mentality here which is that this is how, the language that they understand this is what they consider they consider respect being you striking first and showing your strength and yeah. they will respect that as opposed to you being like weak or manipulative which is what they think the federation being well been. and
1: the 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 trigger phrase of we come in peace mm-hmm. which the of course you know, Starfleet didn't know that this was gonna be a thing, but if they mm. had listened to her, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't have attacked anyway, the outcome could have been the same regardless, but you know, she's like, hey, I just spoke with um, with the senator, whatever, Balkan, mm-hmm. this is how they reached peace. She didn't make or, that
0: clear, that's true.
1: And and instead she was just like, fire! Fire yeah. first! And then, and then even when her and the captain are alone, she mm-hmm. didn't necessarily explain she was just like you know me you know i never lie or something yeah I mean, going on doesn't... on emotion instead of logic which as a vulcan makes no sense to begin with like i feel like her vulcan human you know um her personality is just so inconsistent like she just yeah goes bounces back and forth and it makes no sense and it's
0: it's a lot of like telling not showing yeah telling and, what, and not showing and when they try to show like the flashback oh look she looks like a uh, She she first came to the ship and she was very Vulcan like. Her hair was the Vulcan haircut, and she was rude. Although her
1: face is is giving so many different expressions, reactions. Yeah, she's not
0: emotionless at all. I get
1: that they were being inspired by Spock's you know sassiness, but Spock was still very neutral in his expressions, his face. It was very. It was like one subtle. subtle look, and she was just being a sassy, kind of a kind of a dick
0: yeah to to the captain and stuff um and then they go to kind of to explain that like well captain Giorgio like humanized her basically and brought that yeah. side out of her more and, and it's then, like, well
1: and then it was like oh well instead of you know being so hard on her they sh- they complimented me so mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna be great i, I don't yeah. know this whole well, thing was stupid hang on to
0: get back to to the other point so she wants to strike first to show strength right and normally I would agree that this makes sense, and that would probably avoid a conflict with them, right? And that's what you're, you're arguing, that she should have done that, that that would have worked out. I disagree. I say that, regardless, Takuvma wanted to do this. Takuvma needed to have this conflict. That, is, that was his whole thing. Now, either way, he was going to start a war with the Federation. Whether or not they said, we come in peace, whether or not struck first or otherwise.
1: Well, he had that large monologue uh, beforehand, and and the whole "we come in peace" mm-hmm. being a lie um, was mentioned multiple times. So, okay. and before before she even you know before they even had the talk where the captain tells him we come in peace and the council mm-hmm. is just like oh you know screw the humans
0: yeah um exactly and that's the thing so like now I guess let's get into the Klingons as, as a subject okay. Alright, to kind of explain that point of view and why I why I, I'm gonna explain why that backs up my opinion on this and, and maybe you'll come around.
1: Well, I I don't disagree that you know, they would have done it regardless. And well, really at this point Michael there really wrong. is no right or wrong at that point. Well, as far besides as, that she the whole reason she's now, you know, going to jail, blah 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 I
0: mean, is she broke rank she, so that she could strike first. Yes. And and mutinied. Yes, and you you were saying that she was right to do that. That she actually did the right thing, even though it was done. It was the wrong thing to do to do it.
1: I mean, it would have been the right thing to do it, had it actually happened.
0: I disagree. I mean, she did the wrong thing. She should have listened, to Captain Georgia, Giorgio, and like nobody, like like they could have avoided um, this conflict. Also, she wouldn't have gone to jail at the end of this if she yeah. would have just listened. So, anyways, what is coming from, right? So, why I think either way he's going to do what he's going to do. So, like, she should have just followed orders. Um, She should have just, like, stayed within rank and trusted the captain instead of, like, attacking the captain. Um, So, Takuvma is the leader of this faction of the Klingons. The Klingons are split up into, like, 20 houses or something. And they all have different ideologies and different beliefs. And that's been the issue with the Klingons for, like, a long time now is that they have been divided, and they're all split up. They, they have no unification, and they have no ability to, like, either, like, either expand and start a war with the Federation, or to start diplomacy with the Federation, because they all have different um, houses and beliefs, right? <laughs> now, Tekuvma's thing is, like, well, I'm gonna unify everybody under one thing. I want all of the houses to come together. And he's, like, this, like, th- this, like, prophecy type of guy, right? And he, he's got, like, all these, like, heavy-handed like we have to go after our destiny. We we need to just like stay pure. We need to stay true to our culture. We are the antithesis of the Federation because they're like, they're they're like, all living amongst each other. They're Vulcans with mixing with this type of alien and and Romulans with that type of whatever like all over the place. And they're like, no, we want Klingons to be Klingons, and and to stay like as ourselves, and they viewed the Federation as a threat. So he uses this war one way or the other, like, is what I'm saying, he wanted to start this war, and he wanted to use it to unite all of the houses, which is what he was able to do before his death. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I think either way, he, he wanted this because he needed that unifying cause. Like, uh, like most leaders who do this sort of thing, even historically, like, they need a, a unifying cause for their people, and, like, what's a better unifying cause often than war?
2: I agree.
1: Well, and then he died. Mm-hmm. As, and he became I mean, a martyr. Be a martyr, even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is even bigger for you know his whole his whole race now. Or, or mm-hmm. it's not our race. And this is like the one thing that kind of bothers me this season. Uh, race species. And species, yeah, races. Spe- like they're they're aliens of from different planets and galaxies. Why are we acting like they're all the same? They're not.
0: Yeah, they, like, they're they're like, conflating like, the words. Oh, like
1: different race. No, they're a different species with with different organs and mm-hmm. blood and.
0: Yeah, fundamental so, physiology.
1: It's <laughs> that I don't know. I I understand what they're trying to do. They want to
0: make parallels to yeah. like our
1: universe and things that we can relate to. But in a Star Trek sense, it 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 drives me crazy. Because Star Trek is always <laughs> it Drives be, me crazy. Well,
0: Star Trek, just like something like like X Men, right, has been able to draw parallels like this, or like mm-hmm. any good fiction can draw parallels to make their point without just being outright saying like. Well, we're talking about race. It's like, well, you know, I mean, we get the idea. And, like, Star Trek was always very good at talking about social issues without, without directly talking about social issues. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they would just explain it through an example of something else, which is often, like, the best way to illustrate a point to somebody is you don't talk directly about the thing so don't, that you can do Don't tell you, you us. Do, show us. You, not just show us, but, like, also do so in, like, an unthreatening manner. You're talking about it in a different context, and it takes the person out of it to be able to look at it in a, basically, like, a, a non-biased way. I guess. Um, but they don't want to do that here. They just want to, like, kind of push their points. There was one line that really stuck out and kind of bugged me. So when they were earlier on in the episode looking at this, this, like, shuttle or whatever that was out there in the space and their sensors couldn't pick it up, so that's why she went out to explore it. turned out to be a Klingon thing, right? Now, I think it was Saru who Saru was, was like... Saru was just
1: like, we should stay away from that thing. This could be dangerous. You mm-hmm. know, we're we're just... in." we're just an exploratory vessel we don't need to you know mix with you know something that he he could sense that it was dangerous and he's mm-hmm. just like you know what just to be safe let's not mess with this she's mm-hmm. like nah well
0: when she <laughs> says she she was like uh, uh well, how did the quote go it was something like um is, is that who we are? are we the type of people that like judge something when we don't understand it and it's like yeah kind of i mean science <laughs> is like that's kind of like the one of the first steps in the scientific method, right? Like, you make a yeah, judgment, you you, <laughs> and you, then you test it, and, like... <laughs>
1: then you test it and find out if... Yeah, so, <laughs> it's like,
0: all the time in Star Trek, like, when you are exploring new lives, like, you're exploring new things. You, you can't just go in and be like, I don't know what anything is, and I don't know anything, let me walk blindly forward. Yeah. Like, you make judgments and assessments, and you move on through that as you gain more information. And that's
1: another example of this...
0: A little heavy-handed not on, Not consistency
1: on like, with her Vulcan logic that's supposed to be a huge thing with her character. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, instead she just kind of wanted to be like, well this Yeah, she was like, well let's not be offensive. It's like, well I don't remember Spock like being having that having that concern first. Yeah. Um Okay, so the Klingons are super interesting in this show because it not only do we actually get like flashbacks of T'Kuvma and I don't know if we will with like some of the, w- with the new guy who rose to power afterward I the, the white klingon I don't know what his the name albino. is albino yeah um but we got we got like actual background on Tukovma, and I mean it was it, okay. there was a, there was like a lot to there was a lot of scenes showing the klingons and like their whole rhetoric and like where they're coming from and all of that which I thought was interesting they weren't just completely like this guy's attacking us and he's a villain um and I hope we get more of that throughout the the series mm-hmm. um in We don't get any Klingon stuff like that in Episode 3, so I don't know. But hopefully, going forward, well, they're going to we'll be the big sides. bad.
1: So I, I don't think it's going to be every mm-hmm. episode. They still have to develop the world and the yeah. crew and the characters. Hopefully, the crew.
0: But but I hope it's also like as it's following the war from the Federation side. Side I want to see it follow somewhat the Klingons, not completely, but you know somewhat. Let, what's going on with the houses after this? You know, mm-hmm. is anything changing? Uh, well, they're and clearly Unify. there's some
1: tension, but still between the houses. It yeah. wasn't like every single one was like, all right, let's let's do mm-hmm. this. Mm -hmm. you know there were some that had their own you know doubts or distrust so yeah let's talk about the way the klingons were were modeled this this series (laughs) Um, remodeled remodeled so to be fair they were very similar to star trek into darkness um just in the sense the the heads the lack of hair mm-hmm. and i'm a bigger fan of the klingon style in the next uh the next generation because mm-hmm. i mean obviously in the the original series it was just kind of you know cheapy and this then was more
0: subtle yeah they didn't have this like the big the big hair and everything necessarily
1: and then in the 80s they had like the big metal looking yeah. hair and then it was just kind of like oh in in jj's world they're now
0: like, very muted and, like, le- less going on. Just well, straight-up alien. And also, like, traditionally, they've always had, like, very Mongolian and Asiatic-inspired looks, especially in their outfits, mm-hmm. and that's, like, completely absent here. Um,
1: yeah, like, even the facial hair was more of that kind of Mongolian...
0: Mm-hmm. They don't even have facial hair now. They
1: don't have any hair. They're yeah. just these bald, lizard-like creatures. Yeah. Um, and And that's kind of
0: the thing with a lot of the looks here is, like, a lot of... It doesn't really fit with the whole, oh, well, this is a prequel in the same universe. Well, it's like, well, you kind of yeah. did a soft reboot here. Well, and
1: I I, I didn't recognize that they were <coughs> even Klingons for, like, the first few you know, maybe ten minutes into the mm-hmm. show. I was like, wait, these are Klingons? Yeah. I thought this was just, like, a different race or something, or like, mm-hmm. different species. I'm like, what, what yeah. the heck am I looking at?
0: And, uh, and, that, and, and that's also with, like, the whole Spock is Michael's brother thing that just doesn't add up to me. The way that I, I don't know. I don't like that. That's such a heavy-handed thing. Um, I don't know why she couldn't have just been
1: just just, just, just been a human a, yeah. there, and he maybe you know helped counsel her in some way. Why did mm-hmm. he have to be or just her any dad? other Vulcan?
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, but, really. But yeah. So that's something that's that also like okay. Well, if it's in the same universe, why was that influence never present? Um, so instead, I, I'm honestly just going after it. Like okay, no, this is it's a soft reboot. It's in an alternate timeline, something like that.
1: Yeah. They shouldn't make it seem like, oh, yeah, you could watch the original series right mm. after, and it would all make... No, it doesn't make sense.
0: So let's get into episode three, because um, I feel like episode three is probably the best representation of how the show is going to be. Mm-hmm. Which one doesn't really feel like Star Trek, feels much more like, like a modern Doctor Who, um, which isn't really a great thing, and um, feels also just kind of like a normal TV show. Yeah. Right? But... Uh, One thing I do like a lot about it is the new captain, Uh, Lorca. Like, he's so freaking cool. He's badass. I love this guy.
1: Um, He's written really well. He's a great actor. Yeah.
0: I love his intensity, and I love that, like, how the Federation is supposed to be, like, all about science, and these ships are supposed to be science vessels, and this vessel, they repeatedly make the point, isn't exactly a science vessel, and then they're like, oh, it's a warship, and he's this guy who's like, you know, I'm not here for science. I'm not here for you know ironically discovery i am here to win the war at any cost and and i like that a lot and it's very unlike star trek for us to have a guy who's entirely like that as a federation captain Um, i like that a lot i also like that he is like scarred from battle with his eyesight
1: well okay one complaint with his eyesight so in the first scene he's like you know excuse the dark room. room i had some trauma the last scene his office is all bright
0: well, it, the Was that whole thing supposed is that, to mean
1: that he got better?
0: No, the idea is, uh, he said that he has to slowly adjust the light. Mm. So he has to, like, ease into it. Although, I, I don't know, <laughs> I feel like that's, <laughs> that's not going to be always possible in <laughs> these situations. But, um, I like that it's also interesting, he's, like, always in his quarters, instead of on the bridge. We're, we haven't even had any scene, like, how, have we really had any scene where, like, it's actually the bridge, like, the way it traditionally looks from the front, or just from, like, behind? Which I feel like We've had them walking around in the back of the bridge. She walks well, up and sees Sa- Saru on the
1: constantly. Saru, you know, it, it, the first officer, is is just you know he's pretty much man in the ship. Mm-hmm. While the and and it's a little bit different because it's not your just typical exploration vessel. This this has you, how many you know projects they said going on at the same time. There's a lot yeah, going on, so it almost seems
0: projects or something. On, yeah, so it there. almost
1: seems like he's he kind of has a little bit more on his plate than just you know leading the ship, you know, directing it. Yeah, just casually He's kind of, it seems like, managing all these missions that Mm -hmm. are going on at the same time. So I think we're just going to have a little bit of a different dynamic.
0: Yeah, and I like that a lot. Um, I also like that we have the character, Paul Stamets, who's in in charge of the project that Michael gets assigned to in Episode 3. In Um, engineering. Yeah. I like him for a couple of reasons. One, um, as far as the captain goes, I like that he kind of doesn't like the captain. And I feel like you don't always have you don't you maybe occasionally get that in Star Trek like during an episode, but then it gets resolved type of thing. This is just like generally he he's like resentful that he's with the Federation at all that he couldn't just do his project on his own in like private research. Um, now that now in this episode, his friend dies, and uh, and and he's on a war vessel and he doesn't want to be a part of war at all. I also like that he's like very straight to the point. And during that moment when they're on the shuttle. Uh, and he like breaks down how she's like is it biology or is it physics and he's like no you keep doing that you keep thinking these are two different things you need to reconsider your your paradigm and how you're thinking about this it's biology as physics or physics as biology and explains that they're the same thing and he's got like a really good speech with it yeah um,
1: that was probably my favorite part of the whole episode
0: yeah it's like and it's really good exposition and honestly that's something that like I don't feel like we get too often from like Michael where like she she'll just be like here's the answer to the question. It's like, whoa, like, calm down. Like, instead of being like, here's why I know this, and, like, here's here's my explanation for, for like, multiple things. Um, even with, like, later on in the episode when she's like, I don't want to be on this ship because you're designing weapons and blah, 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 And she, like, goes on and on and on. And then he's like, no, you're wrong. And I like that she turned out to be wrong about something at yeah. least. But at the same time, like, she's she's, like, a very arrogant character that at the same time is supposed to be... Like you she's and I, I were talking like just humble. on a
1: personal level recently. Mm-hmm. If X, then Y. Mm-hmm. But, like, but her way of thinking is just why.
0: Yeah, like, like there is no like steps to the process. Oftentimes, it's just kind of like it, it. Like, I just know this stuff because, and and like here's here's the solution just because. Um, it's just telling, not showing, all over again,
1: and making it seem oh because because I am from. Vulcan, and I was raised by Vulcans, mm-hmm. so I, I know the answer, but she's not necessarily always correct mm-hmm. at all, and yeah. and these characters that are explaining, and mm-hmm. explaining their, their reasoning, you know, even when the captain was like, you know, pop in here, let me show you what we're actually working on, mm-hmm. she was all hesitant untrusting he's like mm, this man doesn't know what he's talking about yeah and he just schools her and she doesn't even
0: and he's like he's like this really arrogant tough guy and then he's like it becomes very humble in this moment when he's like trying to explain things to her and um and, and yeah like his character is able to do that not so much her character
1: and he, and he's giving her an opportunity to make you know like he says uh, the death's worthwhile you know like make that sacrifice not in vain and you know she still kind of gives this attitude and you know of course she hasn't he hasn't necessarily won her respect or trust yet Mm -hmm. He's a new character in her life but you know she's acting all high and mighty for somebody that caused 8100 deaths or Mm -hmm. whatever it was
0: Mm -hmm. so another thing about uh captain lorca that i really liked was this quote that comes from him um he's talking to well so he's telling her oh I think you did the right decision um that even though it didn't adhere to the laws I still disagree with that being the case but I like his perspective on this first and foremost he's like I'm going to do anything that I can to win this war um no matter if even if it like breaks protocol um you know I'm not entirely even against that idea right but I I just think that like she was just outright like incorrect in this case because they actually did want war and it wouldn't have made a difference and she went too far like attacking your captain is much different than just like breaking a like you know not doing the proper paper, paperwork paperwork mm-hmm. to, to to achieve something essentially um which is more so what he's doing but the quote that i really like from him is he, he says universal laws for lacking is for lackeys context is for kings and context is for kings is the name of the episode as well and I, I thought that was really cool. I, I like that they're saying, like, um, y- you know, essentially, you have to think outside the box. You have to look at the context of the situation, and you have to kind of approach every situation.
1: Well, as and it he's is. he's a captain, so he yeah. under he understands that better than anyone, and that's where he sees that kind of potential from mm-hmm. her. She risked her own, you know, her own status, her own rank, because she thought that she would be able to prevent you know this incident happening Mm. however you know obviously that didn't go down um which still to this day i'm kind of confused that the captain invites her to come on this mission to Mm -hmm. catch the klingon uh, leader which of course she dies and you know he dies too but Mm -hmm. why didn't she take the body with him, basically, their whole mission kind of
0: well. Oh, back to back to the second episode. Why where, wouldn't anyone have been questioning
1: well, why she was on she that says, ship with the captain? She
0: says we don't want to kill the Klingons. We don't want to kill Takuvma because it would mar- make him a martyr, and that's probably what he wants. And she then kills him. So yeah. Um, yeah, that was really dumb. And I guess they're trying to be like, well, she was really emotionally driven by that. And it's like, well,
1: why wasn't her phaser set to stun? Yeah. I mean this. This is yeah, once again. She could have just. You know, she's him. this tough. You know, completely logical, mm-hmm. and and yet there's no explanation. No, you know, oh, I, I was impulsive or anything. She she's just like I'm guilty. You know, mm-hmm. is she really remorseful for what she did, or are we even gonna go kind of back on those specifics, or are they, we just gonna completely move past mm-hmm. that? You know, she's a she's Whoa, a well, she's on a new ship now. Or-
0: there we go. Like, let's just move on. Yeah, um.
1: it's just kind of a weird. Mm-hmm. A lot of. Left me with a lot of questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, is there anything else that we really want to talk about with these three episodes?
1: The the comedy that they add into it uh, randomly.
0: Doesn't really. How, sit how did well, we right? feel?
1: Uh, so her roommate. Like, there's a Ooh, scene <laughs> the where. Abused, the no, sad the roommate. The scene where she goes into the engineering room. Mm-hmm. And her roommate tells her that they have assigned seats, yeah. and then she goes and is talking to Paul. Yeah, and he gives her this whole speech. He's like, "All right, well, we'll just go work on this. It's not like we have assigned seats." Yeah, and she just kind of goes to the spot and just
0: looks at her. Yeah, I mean that was kind of funny. That was kind of funny, kinda, that was I, I didn't funny like, but um, when she was like, "Oh, I'm a, I, am am not actually a Vulcan, even though you think I'm a Vulcan," I was just raised by Vulcans on Vulcan, and he goes. Well, my uncle is a uh, in a cover band for the Beatles, that doesn't make him John Lennon. And I was like that's a really like modern reference to make f- for like whatever year they're supposed to be in, right? Hundreds yeah. of years in the future. Um so th- so like jokes like that I was like eh. And
1: it and, and that's another thing we were we were talking about just you and I um where Picard mm-hmm. he had this the reason he would make comments and quotes right. like this was because that was part of his character that he, you know, well, was really passionate about 1900s and early 2000s history mm-hmm. and so he would give kind of this old school human knowledge just randomly and not not just knowledge about everything in the universe this was the one thing that was kind of constant right. with his character
0: and, and like how especially that michael kind of has like is somewhat an encyclopedia of information in the same way like i was saying before that um Sherlock holmes uh, the benedict cumberbatch version it kind of is uh, he, you know, there was a good reason why Picard knew what he knew, and sometimes other characters would chime in and have certain information based off of their background mm-hmm. and the things that they studied or explored, um, and instead it's just kind of like Michael a lot of the time here, and, and hopefully that changes, we'll see, um, well, That's why
1: I kind of like this Paul character, because he clearly- Because he
0: schooled her, big time, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, and then it's kind of interesting that- that's why I found it kind of interesting when Saru- recommended her and said that she was the smartest person on the ship or something and Mm -hmm. the captain's like oh yeah and 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 he knows and he knows you
0: yeah like to paul like so that implies that you're not the smartest paul which i'm like yeah well
2: Uh, yeah Yeah. i mean like not
0: well not in the regard that actually matters right like in the regard of like his expertise like he clearly knows more he fundamentally like was understanding this the concept like like fundamentally he studies things on, like, the quantum level, right? And he -hmm. clearly knows a lot more about that than she does, not just, like, one thing. I don't
1: know. I just, I feel like they're trying to do this kind of ball-busting dynamic between the crew, and mm -hmm. instead it just seems petty.
0: Well, okay, and then there's the one (laughs) other scene where, like, um, there are three other uh, criminals that she's with, the prisoners, (laughs) right? Sorry. So, like, they are sitting down for, like, dinner or whatever in the mess hall, and Which for
1: some reason, they're putting all these Starfleet officers and the and like prisoners, these prisoners really in the same roaming. lunch room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they all <laughs> sit down together, and then, like, immediately, one of the other prisoners, like, keep in mind, prior to this, like, he had found out, oh, she's a mutineer, and, like, was just kind of teasing her, didn't really care. But now... They were uh, all bonding
1: over, oh, I've killed people. Right. We're all prisoners.
0: Criminals. So then he stands up, like, clearly about to attack her. And one of the Starfleet people goes to, like, grab his gun. And the the security officer stops that guy from grabbing his gun. <laughs> and, like, is like, no, just, like, let them go. And then he tries to attack Michael. I, I, I guess, like, all of them go after Michael. And she, like, single-handedly takes down the three other prisoners. All
1: three of them. Yeah. And then just randomly, spurs, like, the captain would like to see you. And there's all these officers just standing around they with all nothing, their guns. Including
0: the security officer. And we
1: were just, like, what? Mm-hmm. We had to pause the scene and just laugh for a minute. Mm-hmm. Just, like what
0: um, okay and then i guess that's the other thing the security officer uh i'm not I, I don't really like have a strong opinion on her yet
1: she doesn't have any character yeah she
0: hasn't really like done anything right
1: yeah so she just she just kind of said who she was and then just makes faces in the background
0: yeah <laughs> she like just dis- makes reaction faces disapproving faces and stuff yeah just um, mm but yeah so uh and i guess the the like cliffhanger that they they leave us with right is um big kitty yeah like the the big alien antagonist from the other ship that they explore uh is transported onto like a secret prison on the discovery for captain Lorca, and i guess like it's supposed to be ominous but i'm like i guess i don't know is he not is he not allowed to do that
2: I don't
1: know. And, yeah. and number one, I mean, he's it, just like, thanks for bringing that cat thing to me. And mm-hmm. she was on the ship where they're all struggling to run away, and it's crazy. And yeah. I'm just like, okay. This seems like it, this would have been, you know, worthy of showing the process, mm-hmm. but okay. And I guess he's just there. And there's all these kind of... looks like they're in this kind of, like, bio lab, and there's, like, a mm-hmm. couple um artifacts artifacts and animals it seems like Mm -hmm. on the counter and stuff and i'm you know obviously they're going to get into it and then even in the preview of the next episode you know we see that we see that uh michael faces the beast Mm -hmm. in the prison Mm -hmm. like
0: it's weird that like they're paying that off immediately in the next episode i thought they would just like set that up like oh look captain lurka might be doing some some unethical things and then it's like I thought it was going to be just kind of like to add to like him being somewhat mysterious, and then said it's like the next episode. Oh, we still, we got to deal with this right away. So I don't know. We'll see. Next episode didn't look great from the preview. Well, and
1: then so they're like, we have to train it.
0: Oh right, like, yeah. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: So I mean, ultimately, like we do like the show. I think I like mm-hmm. the show. Uh, I definitely have like problems with it, and it doesn't entirely feel like Star Trek, but I do enjoy it. Uh, I definitely like. Lorca a lot more than I did Captain Giorgio. Um, I mean, I she was fine, I guess. Like, she, she just wasn't very interesting or, like, compelling. Yeah,
2: I agree. Um, but
0: Lorca is an awesome character and I hope we see a lot more of him. And I, I wanted to just see him, like, give speeches and stuff, honestly.
2: Yeah,
1: he's had his writing, um, him and Paul both have really good writing and they're mm-hmm. both fantastic actors. Yeah. Um, whereas Michael's character, the acting is completely eh. inconsistent with what yeah. her character is supposed to be. It seems like she never actually watched any of the original series, Spock. like at all. Yeah. Um. I mean. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, I
0: think it's clear we don't like her. Yeah. Uh, as a character, but uh, maybe, I mean, maybe maybe she'll
1: maybe she'll win us over. But yeah. right now we're both team. You maybe know,
0: maybe they're setting us up to dislike her so that she can have character development and then we'll like her more later, hopefully.
1: And at the same time, you know, we haven't read reviews that anyone else has made, so you know, who knows? Maybe people are like loving the character and they hate the the two men telling yeah. telling her, her yeah like telling her she's wrong or just schooling her mm-hmm. men always get the last word
0: <laughs> all right well i think that's it for star trek yeah
1: that's it for star trek until until next episode
0: so we're here on the line with sally from mexico to give us his hot take on uh, on what's going on in Mexico. Uh, basically, our this is the official international correspondent for SS Radio, Sally. Yes,
1: our correspondent, Sally.
3: This you make it sound like it's such a big deal, but oh well, fuck it.
0: You are a big deal. Oh
3: wait, oh yeah, that's true.
0: So, kinda, kinda, uh. You're, you're a big guy. For you. <laughs> so, uh, so, so for a bit of, of serious opinion piece, um, what, what has been your experience with the earthquake? You said that you weren't really affected by it where you are at? Well, no. I mean,
3: since I live in the north part of Mexico, so we didn't feel it at all. I mean, I just found out about the earthquake like 15 minutes later and it happened because suddenly uh, we received uh, a lot of messages and phone calls about, hey, are you all right? Is everything okay? And I was like, what are you talking about? And and people started questioning me about, well, there was an earthquake and stuff. And I was like, what do you mean an earthquake? And Rapidly I looked it up, and there you go. There was an earthquake on the center of Mexico, what we call, well, the federal district, although we changed the name to Mexico City for some reason. I got no why. Anyway, so yeah, it happened 7.1 and basically destroyed some buildings from the top down. And it affected three cities. That's Puebla, Oaxaca and well, Ciudad de Mexico or mexico state in this case uh confirmed deaths 238 deaths total already combining all three cities and a lot of injuries and of course a lot of damage on those cities right now there's actually some rescues underway because some of the buildings are old and structure really really sucks because they're old places because even though they've, they've tried to you know um, remodel this these buildings they didn't make it through so there's a consequence of that. Most of the damage happened of course on the four parts of the city and and there even was some damage on the stadium, the football stadium it, it cracked in half like you can wow. see the yeah, I'm going to send you a picture later, just so you can see it. Uh, but but you can see it cleanly at, at the half of it. I mean, that was the, the ending of the structural concrete, but, I mean, it still cracked. I mean, it was, I, w- I wouldn't say amazing, but it was like, wow. Uh, and, of course, there was a flood of videos about uh, buildings falling down, about people running around, of the rivers. Moving so much, and yeah, I mean, it was scary. it It almost happened like in nineteen eighty five, what we call the the earthquake of eight point five, which was worse and made even more destruction when it happened. So it's it's kind of reminiscent of that. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's five in in nineteen eighty five, and now it's at seven point one, but there's not a lot of damage but there's a lot of things going on right now. First of all, TV hasn't stopped talking about it. It's It's been, I don't know, 30 hours of continuous uh, coverage of the place. And also, there has been um, a rescue going on for more than 12 hours to rescue some two little boys stuck in a school. So it, it has been kind of... You know tents and those kind of places, and and if I had to say something about it, well, I did get worried because on Mexico City, my brothers are studying over there right now. So, of course, I got worried because they're my brothers. I mean, hell, I worry about them. They're them, mm-hmm. and of course, I called them. Hey, you guys, all right? What's going on? You tell me, and they were like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're okay, don't worry about it. And I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> of course I'm going to worry. And they were like, no, no, do not worry. Um, we're outside, and we can see everything. Uh, we're just moving around, but right right where we are, nothing happened. So, I mean, I was glad to hear that, of course. But, I mean, they volunteer to help out with anything they can, the the Send me some pictures of them wearing the the gas mask and some of the protective vests. So so that was that and I was like, Oh that's great, you wanna help out and shit. So uh, right now they're helping out whenever they can. But I mean it's already late, maybe two hours late for me. Right now my city it's seven fifty, so right now it's almost ten over there. It must be going just now home. It it, because my little brother told me he was going to stay up late helping out. But I told him, no, just just help whatever you can. I mean, at the end of the day, the the Marine Corps is going to go and help with the, the rescues. Because they actually went and deployed the Marines to go and help out any people stuck in the buildings. I mean, I, I think you saw the picture of the... Of the dog one of the rescue dogs they were helping out mm-hmm. did you did you see it i think it's called marina there's yeah. a little tree but i don't remember the names but yeah they're they're rescue trained dogs because when when it happened in 1985 it actually happened they needed a, a lot of rescue dogs and they started to undergo training to make rescue dogs for this kind of situation that's what i heard and it's helped and right now it's enough so that's really good yeah Yeah.
1: I read an article you know speaking on about the nonstop news coverage that um, when like the buildings were toppled over specifically a school all these news helicopters were flying over the city and it was so loud that they were demanding that they they go away because they were trying to hear the cries of survivors trapped under the rubble uh, the rubble and uh, the the news teams are just like they're all about getting the shots the stories and they wanted complete silence And they just wouldn't Like they were just trying to get them to just shut up and just be silent So yeah, like, I, I I imagine it was just eerily quiet for the most part
3: Well, well, you're actually right because um, when I was watching what then specific part uh, You can just arms of the Marines like, quiet, go shut up. I mean, we, we need to hear that this um, uh, special like sonar kind of uh, artifact so they can find them. And since nobody was shutting up, well, they were like, shut up, shut up. And and even they brought this um specialist from Houston to help them out. He, he was more than glad to help them, but he was also asking for quiet because, I mean, that's true. There were a lot of helicopters. There were a lot of drones. A lot of people. I mean, they had to, well, force people out because even, even, even the the newscaster was saying people were just coming to take a, a damn selfie. I mean, what the fuck, man? I mean, seriously, have some respect. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what's the fucking point of it? I don't know, but but yeah, I mean, they they were asking for silence because. They wouldn't go away. I mean, all all these um, news places. I mean, there's not a lot of them. Maybe like five or so. But still, I mean, they, they draw a crowd. And there was a lot of places they could have gone. But, of course, that was the most important one. There was a little kid. And then they found out there were two, you know. So, yeah, I mean, all the, the attention just came over there. But, yeah, they were asking were silence, because they they weren't able to help out, and until they forced them to stand ground and just film in silence, they were able to. And I mean, that, that's part of the Mexican culture, in a, in a kind of way, because they all want to see what's going on. I mean, yeah. th- it's normal. I mean, it's curiosity, but something about tragedy and us just—it's kind of weird because we want to know what's going on, when, even though it's something like this but at this pace it really doesn't help out so that's that
0: it's
1: really really sad
0: yeah, yeah no. i it, it is interesting to hear though from like though it's not a first-hand account for you um just kind of like your perspective kind of being and like you said it's like i know you were making a point about a specific thing with your culture but to kind of see like the way that you guys um, as a culture, do deal with, like, a tragedy like this versus the way that, like, we do in the States?
3: We might say a lot about us being lazy, you know? I think it's it's kind of a trope right now about the whole lazy Mexican, mm-hmm. the, the big sombrero and the poncho and slipping on the cactus. But, but, but when it comes to um, things like this, I mean we are of course gonna answer to a call and go help i mean sure i cannot do anything since i live here and i'm not over there but of course if i was over there i would go help because that's uh that's a sense of duty i have and most of the people over there have that same sense of duty of helping out even though they're not gonna get anything out of it i mean even my brother and my sister. And all of my uncles living over there, of course, are helping whenever they can mm-hmm. and however they can, of course. But they're still going to help us. It's part of them to help out. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
3: it's, we're going to do it. I mean, it, it, it resembles the American spirit of helping out others. I mean, it, 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 it shows here also, even though we have that. You know, the little search of being lazy and all, but I mean, it's all part of the job at the end. And I mean, maybe I, I didn't experience the whole thing, but I can see it with my uncles and my brothers who I called, and of course, that they were shaking up so bad. I mean, one of my uncles over there. Of course, he was like, no, no, everything's fine. Don't worry about that. But, but I mean, you can hear in his voice. he was fucking freaking out. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, no, 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 everything's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I mean, talking real fast. And and I know he like was that when he gets scared and, stu- and, and stuff, he gets like that. So, I mean, I, I knew it. And there's also a friend of mine living over there who it's deadly afraid of earthquakes because he already experienced them. So he was like, oh, no. He, one time he was drunk and he, he was living in an 8 floor apartment and he there was a small earthquake like 0.3 something just shaking it around and he got so damn scared he just ran drunkly all 8 floors down cause that's how <laughs> I was like, yeah
2: yeah
3: I, I was like are you serious and he was like yep I'm not kidding man <laughs> and yeah but I mean and and they want to hear that there was the same point back of course I call him because hey you're still alive and he were like like he, he called me like nine hours later and we were like yeah yeah I'm a fine but of course I shit in my pants and I was like well I'm sure you shit your pants I mean I know you're definitely afraid of this and he was yeah.
0: earthquakes
1: yeah. are are spooky I mean Shelby you're from California have you experienced?
0: Yeah, nothing massive, though. It's think, always yeah. been small ones.
3: Yeah, I think the biggest one I have actually ever experienced was a two two uh, 2.1. It happened, like, really far away from my house. And and, and the only reason I knew, it's because my, my computer screen started to shake, and I was like, oh, that
0: was weird. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely, like, growing up in the desert in California, uh, experienced a lot of them. Like, mainly waking up in the middle of the night because everything is shaking. Um, But you just kind of write it out, and then it's. And then it goes away. I mean, there's been worse ones out there that I didn't experience. My dad experienced one in Northern California that, like, destroyed a lot of things in his house. His house was okay, but just a lot of things got. Uh, like knocked off the walls and, and broken and had to be replaced later, but uh, that's like kind of the worst that has affected my life uh, directly.
1: Well, apparently, so I went through an earthquake in 2008 when I was living in St. Louis, uh, which is near a fault line. I had to rec- I had to look this up because I actually didn't know how big it was, um, but apparently it was a 5.4. And it wasn't. Uh, it's saying that it was very strong, but I well, don't necessarily remember it being that well, it is, big. It
0: looks like it's saying it's also an. Il- it was in Illinois, not actually in.
1: Yeah. Missouri. It says thirty five thousand people in St. Louis County were out of power and blah hmm. blah. So basically, I woke up at in the middle of the night and, um, like, in my dream, I was hearing all this these noises because I have all these trinkets and toys, so they were all on my shelf just rattling, making all this crazy noise, and I was living on the top floor of uh, a three-story home, and uh, just out of, for whatever reason, you know, I'm half asleep. I thought there was, like, a bomb or something. I don't I don't know. I'm not used to earthquakes. I've never lived through one. I've never really gone through one, so I, like, ran downstairs to see if my sister was okay, and I was just like, whoa, I think there was an earthquake, and she slept through the whole thing. I was like, okay. And I was, I don't know, I was like shaking because I was asleep and I don't know why but I thought it was like, I thought St. Louis was being bombed. <laughs> but, nope, it was in an the earthquake. Korean.
0: Yeah, I'm um, going to
1: force I think we're losing you.
0: Be- Sally? Sally, we might have to go to oh, commercial break, we're losing you.
1: <laughs> oh god, the earthquake got him! <laughs>